Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do a live on a Tuesday edition of the program. How you living, Threes? Uh, great, brother. I mean, we got to persevere through the rain. Uh, I don't know what the weather's like up there on the state, but gray. down here in the subdivision life, we, we have rain. I put, a, um, I put a bubble over the estate so I, I, mean, I don't get rain I, anymore. You could I do that. You, like, got the, you got the I L.A. Rams stadium. Yeah. You have SoFi right. where you That's have right. the, clear, the clear glass. And then I keep the rainwater. It's like a bubble, but you know it. you have the yeah. sides open. You know, it's sure. like Lucas Oil. Right. We don't open the roof. We open right. the side windows. Let the air come in. Let it come in just to get I some get air it. in here. I get time it. Time to time. Although, what happens when you get the turkey vultures stuck in there? Then what happens? That's the well. That's something that I don't know if those things are protected or not. So I don't want to say anything about it on the air. Let's just got it, and we'll leave yeah. it there. I mean, who yeah. knows? What, what do you, what do you mean? Them? How like so? Get this. We bought two of these fish. I don't even know what kind of fish they were. But to eat, like to pandem- consume? No, listen. This, this is a pandemic purchase, okay? I have never owned a fish in a bowl. Like as a pet. I, th- I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. And one, and so anyway, I know someone's going to, if Rothman's, well, Rothman's not listening this early. He can't care he, about fish. He's, I've seen him eat salmon. <sighs> That's what I don't get. I love animals. I do. Right. My heart breaks when I see big game hunters, like, shooting a giraffe. I think those people are savages, yeah. and I hate it. Um I, I don't understand these whole like hunting little areas where like basically they try to bring these big game into this area where it's like oh, okay we're gonna go here and shoot some okay I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me sure um, it doesn't but I have no problem eating a nice you know grass fed you know steak or bison right. like it, anyway that's a, I'm not going the, down I, the, path the, this the, morning the big the but, big thing for you I think would be as someone who grew up around how that process works is that you haven't seen the process. So then, that's yeah. it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, that's, that's um, the help helper there for you. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I also, but I have a, I do have a deep respect for like animals. I, I like there, there still is in me. Maybe it's from the movie Bambi. I don't know. But when I see a deer hit <laughs> on the side of the road, I think, damn, oh, it sucks. Yeah. yeah, it stinks. Where like my father-in-law can see a dead deer and think of like that'd be really good jerky. You know, right. like, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't see things that way. I'm not a hunter. Right. I'm not, a, I'm not even a fisher, you know, which people are like, oh, you're from Minnesota. You never really fished. Do you think the animal was sitting on a boat in silence? Sitting, no. Are you kidding some, me? Some cabin. You think dad just got back from Japan on a two month tour, thinks he wants to go sit. No. The weirdo wanted to go to, you know, the local Plymouth, Minnesota sushi spot. I'm like, dad, you were just in Japan for two months. Why are you going here? anyway? Um, <laughs> you know, like this is not the same. Um, we're not getting fresh sushi out of the Mississippi. And so. <laughs> little trout anyway, ceviche. I'd, I'd say all this because Shelly Cersei, in the middle of um, in the middle of you know the pandemic, decides to buy two fish one day. Uh-huh. Hayden's last like three weeks. It's gone. Boom. Rest in peace. It's good to know you. Um, oh, quick! It's dead down the toilet. All right. 
London's has survived. Okay. Um, multiple separate bowls I mean, or same bowl. London's is different bowl. Okay. And London's is basically you know it's it's like Israel wandering in the wilderness. It can go without a tank cleaning for months. <laughs> it can go you know like we don't feed it for a while. Manna appears out of nowhere, and it's been sustained. But Cersei's gotten to the point where. She's trying to encourage <laughs> encourage a goodbye because oh. we're sick of cleaning the tank. And she's like, you know what? Maybe we'll have a better life in the pond up in the front of the neighborhood, London. Maybe yeah, we should, you know, <laughs> or maybe a stream at the barn. It would um, thrive there. You no know, one would stop it from thriving there. You know, and, and I'm just like, <laughs> I can't. Stream. I told her, I go, I can't do it. <laughs> I said, I can't do it. She goes, Dad, maybe you should take London and donate it to the pond in the front. I can't do it. Yeah, if you want to do it, you do it. That's where I'm at. That's where you're like at. I'm fish. glad it. I don't want the I'm fish glad the you told place. me this story about the fish because uh, we. I want a dog desperately, but I also want a dog. I want to wait until we fence so that the dog has a place to run. Yes. And the boys want dogs, so we all want them. My wife's holding off. I think she's going to be a game sport of it, and I think that eventually it'll happen. We'll use AR and we'll get one that um, you know we'll get a rescue, and that's what we'll do. But I want it. I want to have make sure everything's fenced so that I can send them out and they can cruise around. And, yes. and they're not and they're not like con- confined um, because that's how I grew up. Like the dogs ran yeah. free, yeah. Um, and they had dog houses, and they really weren't in the house ard- hardly at all. And people think that's crazy, um, but they weren't. They they had dog houses that were connected to the garage, and that's how it worked. So yep. that's that's the way it was. So I didn't grow up with a dog in the house. So in in the meantime, though, we're not ready for that. So the boys have been really working her for a fish. Oh, that they awful. want to fish. That's so and awful. that's what I said. I remember a buddy that had like one of these elaborate fish tanks in college, and it kind of looked cool, but I remember having to do a lot of maintenance, and it seemed like a lot of fish died. Yeah. And that could have just been the negligence of college, very possible. Yeah. But but it just felt like a lot of, it felt like I was scooping up dead fish a lot. Buddy, I would not do it um, unless you want to go like straight Eric Lichter style where he has like sharks and this fish tank is, you know, <laughs> the size of a guest Known bedroom. Predators. If you want to go that way, sure. Um, but right. no, it's 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 awful. And um, anyway, that's what, I'm, that's I'm what not my a hunch fish was. fan. I right. uh, and I, I'm with you on the on the fenced in yard. You have enough space over there to not really worry about a, a certain dog area, but we have a dedicated dog area for two reasons. One, it's like there's only when you have four, um, which I don't think we'll ever have four again. You know, we'll have a max yeah. of one or two, two max uh, in the future. But um, there's a couple things you have to keep in mind. If you have a dog, either you have to go up and pick up right, pick it up, pick up after it right away. Yeah. Or you run the risk of like, hey, boys are playing football in the backyard, and you know someone wants to do a little out and up and slips on the dog turd, and now you got shoes, and you're rinsing off yeah. the dog crap off the shoe. So you could do a small little dedicated area where it's like, hey, let's just turf it. You know, it's a muddy day, it's spring. There's no way the dog can go outside and not bring in mud. So you have the turfed area so that they do the business there. It's easier yeah. to pick up. Boys don't have to worry about it. And you know, when you have a stretch like we've had the last 48 hours. Um, that's all you're getting, guys. You're getting this little turfed area yeah. to go to the bathroom, and you're bringing it in. Why? Because you're just bringing in wet water. You're not bringing in wet mud, wood chips, sure. all that. Um, the I'm other petitioning thing is, for the dog to be permanently outside. 
That's what I'm trying to make well, don't happen. Don't say that too loud. You're lucky Rothman doesn't join till 11. Listen, I, we had dogs my whole life. They were outside. I get it. So did we. So did we. I'm just telling and you. And they had nice, gonna... warm dog houses that they were in. They were they're, yeah. they, they were great. They thrived. I'm with you. They thrived. I'm with you. Well, if that's They the had case, a great then, life. Yeah. I'm telling you, fantastic lives. Our dogs I'm had with fantastic you. lives. Ours did, too. They ran Ours free. Ours did, too. It was wonderful. Um, but anyway, I'm... That's what I'm working the on. The other thing is um, you have to find a, a dedicated... one. Of, you can go two routes. Either make sure the dog is okay with the boarding facility, which ours always have been. Our rots actually love it because they probably get more attention there than at home. Um, <laughs> or you know you have the dedicated you know pet sitter, um, and that just yeah, adds like every vacation that we plan. It's like okay, add in this amount of money for you know pet palace or wherever That's they go point. because it's it's you're not going on vacation even like. Even simple things like next weekend we're going or this weekend we're going up to Cleveland to the in-laws and it's yeah. like, all right, hon, what do you want to do? Do you want to take the dogs or not? No, let's just take the dogs. It's two nights, okay? So that means that we have to take the navigator because we have to fit the two Rottweilers in the back, and then we sure. have to make sure we pack the food for the dogs, and then we have to pack the small cage for the little dogs, and then it's just the whole thing. Make sure you get their leashes. Right. It's just you know, it's just a deal. It's, it's something just, you got to consider. It becomes part of your family. It's, it's part yep. of. The, I'm not discouraging. It's just that when I have family members. Um, who like you know my younger sister who likes to live a certain anyway um her financial situation would probably say hey you know what probably shouldn't undertake a dog right now um but she has no you know ability to say no to her son my nephew and so it's like okay you got the dog are you gonna stay now are you gonna stay up to date with all the vaccines and everything yeah you gotta do it because this is a recurring responsibility this is a recurring thing here you know um anyway it's so crazy like we didn't vaccinate a dog ever Right, they just lived in the woods. I actually man. knew people. I actually know. They just uh, lived. My but realtor fair, in St. Louis, the other dogs, had that mindset. She's like, these, these dogs have somehow made it forever, and now you're going to try to convince me that they need a Bordetella shot and this and that, yeah. whatever. They thrived. Like, well, I don't know. if you go that route, you. then if you go that route, you don't have to vaccinate. You don't have to, you know. Yeah. But if you go that route, you're not going to be able to board them. So you might as well no. have somebody come house. Well, we didn't. So, they just right? ran. <laughs> you know, and we didn't board them. I'm assuming we you would guys, go away. But what'd you do, what'd you do on run. vacation? They just ran. They fended for themselves. Amazing. There weren't a whole lot of vacations either, Coach. All well, right. that's what I assume. We, were, but I, we I weren't mean, leaving. The Marlboro man wasn't leaving the Ponderosa very often. It didn't happen much. Well, when you lived on a Ponderosa, why would you? I actually, oh, yeah. I, look, I was looking yesterday, by the way. I was looking yesterday on this is this is where I have an issue. I've been trying to live where my feet are, and I can't. I'm very sure. bad at it. <laughs> So I'm already looking at, like, I want to every every decade I want to re kind of celebrate our wedding anniversary in like okay. a big way, like kind of renew your vows every ten what years. An incredible kind of romantic, you know, like you are. have yeah. a just basically have a celebration. You know, not even sure. do it, like, not even call it like a renew your vows, but just have like our closest family and friends go to one location and celebrate it. Yeah, and um, and so th- th- yesterday I'm looking at spots in Montana because sure. we both decided that if we're gonna do it. I was like, it'd be great to go back to Bora Bora, but to be honest, it's not happening. The flight it's, is so long, man. It's so long. That's a that's a when you're young and no kids and you do yeah, it, and you're you like, wow, great place. God took a little extra time in Tahiti, but I'm not going back because that is a back. that no. is a beast. So I'm like, man. Well, I tell you where you're going. You need Montana. to go to Paz Up, Montana, Paz Up Ranch, or Rock Creek, either one. But Paz Paz Up. See, that's I knew where you're I had going. to bring it up to you because yeah, a simple you go Google to search up. does not do it justice. I got to No. You're going to go to Paz Up. You're going to fly into Missoula. They're going to pick you up. You're going to go to Paz Up and that's where you're going to do it. Mm. That's how it's going to happen. 
You're going to enjoy it. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And you can do everything that yeah. you want. You can do the activities for you that you do like. Do I need to have Robert Kraft's a- money like he spent no. yesterday in order to get there? You we'll know, get or there. Just, we'll get to Bob You get Kraft. a deal. You get a deal. You get a deal. But Robert Kraft was o- Oprah you? yesterday. <clears throat> he really was. What did you make of – of of? Uh, to me, there's a there was a very clear message that was sent yesterday in NFL free agency. And it was, if you are a defensive end – we're getting to you first. Mm-hmm. And then if you are, for example, wide receivers, mm-hmm. we, there's a lot of you to choose from. Yep. Be patient. <clears throat> By the yep. way, this draft is loaded with them. There's, there are too many wide receivers coming into the league to, to fit and fill the need of the teams. Yep. That's, that's where I am with it. It's a tough spot to make a team. The, the, like Rashard Higgins is, catches about everything that's thrown to him up in Cleveland, right? Yep. And I don't know how, I don't know where he's going to get money. I don't well, know. It might be limping back to the Browns. It might be on a this minimum is what you deal. Have to, it's this what is it what you be. have to. Yes, this is what you have to weigh as a listen. Really every, tough. This is why Andrew Barry, I think, is elite at what he's done. Yeah, he has the ability to say to him, "Hey, we really like you, but we have other players that are like you that make you know." But we want you back at the right price. We want a DN opposite Miles at the right price. We won't overpay. We won't overpay for any position. We were they, they were they went after um, Johnson. They wanted him. They targeted him. But it's not just the player. You're getting player plus. You're getting player plus leadership. Everyone that I've spoken to at the Rams was like, "Dude's a leader. Smart, instinctual, but that's but he's a playmaker. Like he is, he is a glue in the secondary. So what do you have in the secondary? bunch A bunch of players who you're adding a talented player, but you're also adding a a leader and a guy that can help Delpit, Greeny. Denzel, like he's a, you're basically taking what you thought you were getting in um, leadership from Sandejo, and you're getting it in a younger, more talented playmaker, and you're putting that kind of glue, yes, in the sa- in the secondary, and yeah. it's a huge. And they win. won't be bullied. They're, they won't be bullied on salary in the defensive end market. Um, no. You know, no. I know they were in on that, and we'll get to their specifics in a second. But um, they're they're not going to be bullied in the market, and no. they they have a lot of options now. Um, the I, I thought it was fascinating what happened. Um, the New England situation was pretty crazy. I think what the Saints did uh, with getting both quarterbacks locked in, and the Bears apparently just are in desperation mode, trying to find some sort of quarterback option, and there aren't any. There's yeah. nothing out there for them. It's a it's a wild time in the NFL, um, and it it really picked up after we got off the air yesterday, including uh, the Bengals doing something that it's to me is a bit of a head scratcher. It yeah, really it is, is. Um, yeah, in it terms is. of in terms of what they did yesterday. We will get into that. We'll go over what the Browns did with John Johnson. Hear from Coach Holtman on the show uh, a little bit later on as they get rolling and preparing for the NCAA tournament this weekend. It is Tuesday, so Uncle Dom will join us. Zach Jackson on the Browns front a little bit later. Off and running here. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Pushing the limit of how many times you can say the word thing in one show. That's the next thing. That is the next thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. And it's madness all March. At Jermaine Toyota, you get their award-winning brand-new Highlander, the 21 version, for just $322 per month for 36 months, or a beautiful Camry for $215 per month for 36 months. Both offers are good for those that qualify. They exclude tax titles and fees. 
So do what I did and go visit Jermaine Toyota just off I-70 at 5711 Scarborough Boulevard or online, JermaineToyota.net. Tell Buddy that James sent you over. Great dude. You'll love him. Don't just call everybody Buddy. He'll get confused. you got to ask for Buddy. <laughs> do you think the Bengals panicked? I do. I, I do. I, here's what I don't understand. Um, you know, when we had Ben Baby on, he talked about um, – the sack numbers for Carl Lawson, and mm-hmm. I understand um, people get so enamored with sacks, which it seems sure. like they did, right? Trey Hendrickson has all these sacks. But when we've talked to people at Pro Football Focus, they've consistently brought up Carl Lawson as, I mean, you look at their numbers, pressures, hits, he's right there. Um, it reminds yeah. me when Robert Quinn had, um, what did Robert have the one year? 20 sacks with us, and... The, the 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 amazing thing about Rob that year was that we played the Atlanta Falcons um, and lost to them in that game in Atlanta, um, and Rob had one sack. Rob had about eight eight plays in that game, Bo, where he hit Matt Ryan. He had eight mm-hmm. QB hits. Yeah, and the whole point was that we were getting cussed out because of how we didn't play, mm-hmm. like how we we weren't jumping things. And it was like, do you guys realize in coverage? If you make if you made Matt Ryan clutch once, Rob legit has six sacks himself. Right, and those are the next level details. As you watch like a game, it's not just the sacks because a lot of times it could be somebody getting a sack if you just look at a box score or numbers that wasn't because of basically like you fell into a sack. Right, there'd be plenty of times where you can get a even myself blitzing. You know, like I. There was play a sack I got against Peyton Manning where I'm just literally supposed to set a pick for Robert, and because the guard came off to pay attention to Robert Quinn, they're not worried about my pass rush skill. Like because there was a miscommunication, I ended up tripping into Peyton Manning, and Peyton gets scared and falls down, and boom, got a sack. I got up and danced. I was like, oh heck yeah, boom, sack on Manning. But in reality, is they were like, where the hell is Robert? You know, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. They weren't worried about me. <laughs> um, but. Hell, I'll take it. Boom. I'll, I'll dance. Everyone can look at me. I did a lot, you know. Um, but that – Carl Lawson is a damn good edge rusher. Yeah. And he's young. And I'm not saying – and this isn't, isn't going to hate on Trey Hendrickson. I'm just not sure as I tr- – I mean, I, I listen to people at Pro Football Focus. And I'll admit, I, don't, I haven't watched every single snap of Trey Hendrickson. But I know what Cam Jordan is. I know what Sheldon Rankins does down there. I played with those guys. Davenport's sure a dude. Did. And you just wonder how much of it was Trey Hendrick. I always get – but in the same respect, I, I'm going to hold myself to the same kind of uh, logic here. I guess it comes down to my lack of respect. For, I'm going to preface it with saying it comes down to my lack of – not respect. My lack of trust in the Bengals organization to get things right is the respect that if you're going to let your player go, like the Saints let Trey Hendrickson go, that raises a red flag to me, right? Like we found this guy in the third round. Why are we letting him walk? Sometimes it's financial, right? The Saints don't have a ton of money. They're probably looking at their roster and they say, you know what, guys, we gotta, we, we have to give Taysom Hill this really weird contract um, and we have to give, we want Jameis back too, okay? Mm-hmm. They had to figure that out. You know, DN is not our priority this year. Or you could say, ah, maybe they just didn't, they didn't, think he's obviously worth that um 
Bengals are doing the same thing with Carl Lawson. So it raised the red flag and says, well, why are they why are they so willing to let him walk out of there? They're willing to go four for 60. I think they were trying to sign Lawson yeah. all day. And I think they couldn't get it done, and he went to the Jets instead. And, and so they, they said, panicked. okay, we have to get a guy we on get the board. Hendrickson. we got to get a guy on the board to, to solve this. And so they did. They got Hendrickson. And Hend- I don't mean to pour cold water on everything. That's not the intent no. here. Hendrickson no. may end up being a great player. No. May be a great signing. Who knows? But on a value standpoint, to me, I keep the guy I got. I keep Lawson. And if you're worried about sack numbers, everything Threes just said tells you all you need to know about that. Um, and so much of it is circumstance, who you're playing yeah. opposite. And and right. that's, a, that's a real deal as well. So I think Who else in the D-line for Carl Lawson? He was the attention. He was. Dunlop was done. Yes. I mean, there was... He didn't play, so yeah. yeah. I mean, he was the entire attention, so that's why he was the guy that I, not just me, but I'm pretty sure the Browns coveted was yeah. Lawson. Now yeah. they were not going to get into a situation where they were going to pay fifteen, sixteen million dollars a year for a defensive end. They're not going right. to do that. Right? Um, they thought safety was more important, so their priority was safety. That's something I had wrong, by the way. I thought the first priority would be defensive end. And I thought they'd pay more for it. They didn't. Could they uh, limp the Johnson- into a? Um, do you, is there interest in one of these? You know, I'll put it this way: is it is there a guy like Clowney or someone where you're like, yes. ah, I don't have to pay him a lot of money, but sure, you know, the Lord only makes so many human beings that are that big and can move like that. And yeah, yeah. he might take some plays off, and his production might not be there, but he's a lot cheaper. And if he's not the main focus, what could his production be if everyone's focusing on Miles? I mean, that could be some of the conversations. It absolutely could be. Uh, the the last thing I'll say on the Bengals though is. A lot of offensive linemen, especially interior offensive linemen, went off the board yesterday, and they didn't get any of them. Gosh, it's so true, right? If you're a Bengals fan, Zeitler, you got to be saying. Elfline, Lindsey, Thune, all off the board. And I'm not saying they were going to get any, all of them are going to be in the mix, but I think they probably wanted Zeitler back, yeah. and he goes to the Ravens. So they needed to address that, and they didn't. And that I would be pretty concerned about. If, well, if that's I'm the worst thing is that Zeitler ends up going to a rival in division. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, and I think they would have loved to have had him back. And we don't know. We don't know the conversations they had. But if you were going to panic on anyone and just throw money at them, I'm trying to protect Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I would say that's the most important thing. Like, let's protect our franchise quarterback, and then let's worry about affecting other teams' quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Coming up next, the Browns' plan. And they put it into motion, and did they hit on it? And did one of the guys who you thought maybe could be that veteran guy opposite Miles just come off the board and not headed to Cleveland? We'll give you those deals, details coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. This is Boone Jenner. Celebrate the 20th season of Blue Jackets hockey right here. Crowd partners with the Blue Jackets since day one. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis's What's Up. What's up, man? Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right, here's what's up on a Tuesday. Uh, we got a major investigation going on over here at the house. Uh, mm. Bootsy, we've broken the switch. One of the controls has been broken. Oh, my gosh. Um, Who threw it? He claims Beamsy did. Did mm. Beamsy do it or did you do it? Beamsy, yep. Beamsy did it. So, what is your level of good. trust in that? If you had to go before a judge, Bootsy, are you telling the real you... truth? He says he's telling the real truth. Well, then it must okay. be. So, it's like so saying it's something on Twitter. Right. Um, yeah, it's got to be the real truth. Yeah, yeah. You know what's the worst is when you do something 
and you want to blame it on someone else so bad. This doesn't sure. leave you as a kid, by the way. Like as no. a kid, this happens all the time. You just did right. it. Pass but it as up. an adult, yeah. so I had a very <laughs> convicting moment uh, just last week. Okay, and it turns out you know just reaffirms that I'm a moron. But I I have some um, gardening appliances or I guess devices you would say like a backpack blower and okay. a hedge trimmer that are Greenworks brand. It's the battery pack, 80 volt. Boom. Yeah. And um, I don't use them a ton. That's why I'm like, I don't want to have, you know, the gas mixture of oil and filling sure. it all up. I just, so the, the electric ones or the battery pack ones work really good and they're strong. The, the, yep. the uh, blower's great. And, and anyway, so I was doing some uh, trimming of the grasses and I needed to charge my, um, the battery. And so I put it on top of the trunk of the Tesla. Okay. And it's a heavy battery. And uh, so then I go take London to swim last week. And I'm in the dog, or our little dog area that goes into our single car garage. And I the door's not open yet. I have forgotten I put the battery on it. And I go, London, go get in the car. And I hit the open it. And sure. as it slides down off the trunk, it lands on the glass and just nice, nice little chip out of the, the sunroof uh, glass. Not oh. on the middle. So, so it didn't crack the middle. It cracked the very bottom. To be sure. honest, something that safe light could probably come out and, and you know patch up in a second. But I'm just like, it's just the fact that it happened. Yeah. I heard the noise, and it's what is that? And I want my, <laughs> my very gut instinct <laughs> one to be like, well, London opened the back. But London didn't open the back. Daddy yeah. opened the back, and Daddy, and Daddy forgot that it was on there. And I want—I just—I was searching my head for a way Is to get out of it. Anyone else I can blame? But I yes. just realized that James, you're an idiot. This is totally on you. It's on you, man. Just eat it. And yeah. um, it's that's hard. It is an adult. It is yeah. very hard. That's what happened. Just like the time I backed into our garage door in Nashville and shattered the back. Uh, didn't shatter it. I, I spider webbed the back, uh, the rear, the rear glass. I've replaced too much on this Tesla. What is what? Really? <laughs> but thankfully for Tesla. I am getting my refund for the yeah. computer unit that failed. They actually are they're sending the check in the mail, so that's a nice little uh, they're good nice little that. amount that I'm getting re- refunded. They are good with yeah, that. If something goes nice wrong, show. they will they will cover it for you. Um, this um, there's panic in uh, in Brown's land about no defensive end uh, opposite miles, and some of that could have been um, the 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 amount of times that that we've talked about it that people up there have talked about it that that would be the number one priority it doesn't yeah. mean that it's not the number one priority it means that they're disciplined and it means that they are not going to get in a bidding war and we talked about this yesterday they were not going to get into a bidding war with anybody they had a number in mind that they wanted to pay a defensive end opposite miles there were two ways to skin that cat you could either go get somebody like Carl Lawson who I know they liked or or you could get an older player who had been cut and on a shorter-term deal, on a bargain, and then you could draft a defensive end at 26 in a yeah. defensive end loaded draft. I mean, you could be Quiddy Pay, somebody like that yeah. could be available to be drafted. Um, so there were there were a couple of ways to handle it. Um, what they did was have two needs. And I know what Joe Woods wanted to do, their defensive coordinator, more than anything else, is he wants to play three safeties. And this John Johnson signing yesterday allows them to do that more it also provides a warm blanket of comfort if grant delpit doesn't come back from injury uh again it's a shredded achilles so you know how those go um sometimes you you can be adrian peterson you come back you're fine sometimes it takes two years so who knows so this provides a security blanket for that and it allows for if healthy 
a really young, dynamic safety group mm-hmm. with Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit and John Johnson, and Johnson kind of being the, the orchestrator of it. He called the Rams defense, everything I was reading yesterday. Do you, yeah. Is that is that yeah. the way you understood yep. it as well? Yep. Yeah, he was the one in charge back there, leading tackler as well, so you know, made a lot of plays, great in coverage. Um, as I'm looking through, you know, best free agents available, you know, and you talk about DN, which is a position that we thought for sure. We knew Shaq Barrett wasn't going to go anywhere. No. Um, Bud Dupree going to Tennessee. Um, Trey Hendrickson going to Cincy. I mean, I don't know, I'm not even sure Trey Hendrickson was on their list. Carl Lawson seemed to be the one that they coveted, but again, not for. Um, you and know, I know the, they were in on Dupree, too. Yep, yep. And so both those names, um, the price went high. So then who's left? You got Jadavion Clowney, who's still just 28 years old, which is incredible. Remarkable. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that's, I mean, Judon goes to the Patriots as part of their spring. Ngakwe goes to um, the Raiders. And so as you're looking through, you say, okay, where, where do the recessions go next? And I'm with you. Maybe they viewed the draft and they said, you know what? There are plenty of options that we think the deep, deep, maybe this is how they think. I don't know. But maybe they're thinking, you know what? Maybe that is a a spot that has some potential for us to draft. Maybe uh, Hassan Reddick. I don't know, off the edge. It's a great name to bring up. Right um, there. You know, versatility. Guy that is, can kind of play in and out and move around, uh, you know, true edge, 26 years old. Um, but he was a first round pick, you know, and, and so you're, you're trying to weigh those, those guys. Um, this receiver market is interesting. You know, we've mentioned over and over and over that they need a guy who can take the top off. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, you know, is there any interest in a Will Fuller? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, at the right price, some, at the right price, you know, does Will Fuller's, I don't know. Like, do, do other, do other teams, View Will Fuller as the beneficiary of who he played with in Houston, right? Sure. For a while, and maybe he thinks his market is you know bigger than what it is. I don't. I don't know. If you're a wide receiver and you think that way, then you're gonna need, you're gonna need your head examined because that's not what's gonna yes. happen here. Yes, it's not. Um, it it the, the market is not going to reflect you what you view your value. Wide at. receivers have become so unique in the There's, sense of it it the way the game is played now, like. Think about just even five years ago where you were like, we need a number one. The reason my team said that is that you were mostly operating out of 21 personnel or 12 sure. personnel where there was two wide receivers in the field. And so you yep. needed one to be that guy. Now it's like you still would love to have talented wide receivers, right? Look at the Buccaneers. They have a, a group of very talented wide receivers. But there's so many, like, there's so many little... It's more of like, hey, what fits the scheme, right? It's not just having that one dude anymore. If you have one, of course it'll be great. But what what success has that led for Atlanta with Julio Jones? And I mean, they got him to the Super Bowl one year, mm-hmm. and they haven't been the same since. And it's just, and you, you would argue, was it the wide receiver or was it the scheme, right? That Shanahan. I mean, it, there's all these things. I don't. I think wide receiver, the market for wide receivers, and with all the kids coming up in college this year. It's becoming a unique kind of. It's taking a, a reset, I think, because of just the way the schemes kind of are like spread out. The RPO, back. yeah, it's becoming a running back, um, a linebacker, a very unique kind of. If you, I thought Colin Cowherd, and I know he's loves to be polarizing, but I thought he had a really good take on the sense of um, 
if basically, if, if you're, he tweeted yesterday, if you're great, you'll get paid, basically. So be great. doesn't matter what position. If you're great, you will get, you'll get paid. But show me as a wide receiver, like, which one of these guys is truly great? Like, great. Elite. You know, where it's like a step above. Or is you're like, yeah, Galladay's great. You know, he's good. I mean, he's not great. He's good. He's a really good player. But is he really that yeah. much better than Fuller? And if there's not somebody who's clearly better or is a, a kind of a home run hit for you, then can we be patient and get this player that we really like, that we want, but at a much more attractive price for us? I think unless you are, you know, like Julio Jones and you're six four and you run and you and you're such, a, you know, you have a unique yeah. trait. Or if you're Tyree Kill and you run four one, whatever right. he runs, yeah. and you have such a unique trait. Yeah. If you're those guys, you're always going to get paid. But for example, look at the Brown situation with Miles and Jarvis. Like those mm-hmm. con, or I'm sorry, Mile, I'm sorry, Jarvis and Odell. Yeah. Odell at the time of the contract was somebody who had unique traits. Yes. He no longer has them because of a bunch of injuries. Right. Um, Jarvis makes a lot of money. He catches most everything thrown his way. He's a tremendous leader. I don't think those contracts would be handed out nowadays. I yeah. don't. Um, yeah. I don't know that, that you are going to pay unless you are, Unless you have a unique trait that's not duplicable, because the amount of receivers that are good coming into coming into the NFL every year from college, there are so many, and the transition is easier now than it's ever been. They're running a lot of the same concepts, so there's not some big learning curve. You can come in right away like Justin Jefferson and be one of the best receivers in the league. Um, playing with Kirk Cousins, like that yeah. can happen very easily. One thing on the defensive end before we put this uh, to bed on the Brown side of things, uh, there was some talk that Von Miller would be available. I do believe that they would have had an interest in Von Miller, and he would have been opposite Miles, and they would have liked that a lot. Two Texas A&M guys would have made a lot of sense. I think he would have fit their defense better than J.J. Watt, certainly. He is not going to be released. He is going to restructure, and he will stay in Denver. So that's another one off the board. Um, so you're starting to get into that Carlos Dunlop, Jadavian Clowney. Now you're talking about getting an older guy for on a one-year deal, probably a one-year prove-it deal, and then drafting somebody in the first or second round um, to come in and compete and be part of the rotation at defensive end opposite miles. So yeah. there won't be a big splash for the Browns at defensive end. Um, in terms of everything else happening in free agency, the Patriots, were they crazy or crazy like a fox? We'll get to all of that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. All sports, all the time, and whatever it is Common Man and T-Bone do, we still don't know. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Top shelf conversation from top shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Hey, brought to you by our great friends at Window Nation. If you're in need of search and replace windows, check them out, windownation.com. 866-90-NATION today. They'll take care of you the way that they take care of us. This is an interesting one here. 15 minutes ago, David Njoku tweeting out the popcorn emoji. And that's one thing I didn't consider from the Browns' perspective. They do have a glut of tight ends. They don't have three of them who can play. Um, They didn't play as much three tight end as people thought they did. A lot of two, but not a lot of three. Yeah, David Njoku, as a trade asset, could be very easily used to get a defensive end. And the first name that comes to my mind is Daniil Hunter. So 26 years old, unhappy with his contract, 14 and a half sacks last year. The Vikings just, uh, didn't they just get rid of their tight end last week, just cut their tight end last week? Yep. Um, they have to have one to play that offense. And Joku's got a high upside as a receiver. That just jumped into my mind a little bit, as, and I neglected to say that as another possibility for the Browns, that they could use the trade option to go and, and acquire a defensive end that way. 
that wouldn't be a straight up. You'd have to have draft picks yeah. involved in that too. But um, but that could be the way that 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 thing shakes out. So that's yeah. out there as well. Um, what did you make of what the Patriots did? Um, I, they made a, a, a an admission that they had a lack of talent on their roster. Across um, the that maybe they weren't able, you know, to admit a year ago at this time. Um, I think they were stubborn and kind of said it wasn't all just Tom, you know. And then they looked around and said, gosh, yeah, our roster is not very good. And they made smart decisions to not just go get, you know, Judon kind of is the one that kind of stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't just all big names they sought after. It was like, we need to get a multitude of not only just starters, but like rotational, like just depth. And they sought after guys that they really wanted, and they went and made it happen. It, I was I was blown away. Um, They've never done that. No, never done it. And they finally are. It was Bill Belichick basically saying with Robert Kraft, you know what? We didn't experience what last year felt like before in our time here, and damn it, we're not going to do it again this year. We're not. Nope. Now. Having said that, you have to say, well, is Cam Newton really the answer at quarterback? But it tells me they think that they think he is. Yes. They're going to play a style, and they're going to put things around him to really win games in a different way, but they believe they can do so with Cam at quarterback. I would agree. I think that they they see that as their path. Uh, if that is going to be the path, then I'm curious what they do at running back. But you think about they to me, they really overpaid for Nelson Aguilar. But what's yep. Nelson Aguilar do? He gets deep. So yep. that's a that's a guy. It's a deep threat, right? So mm-hmm. you over. I think they overpaid for a deep threat. I think it yeah. was borderline panicky on their end. Oh yeah. I mean, I oh, think yeah. it was borderline panicky. I think they overpaid. You know, for a lot of, for some of these guys. Um, but I think you look at a near seventy year old head coach who doesn't want to experience that again. And I think the the road that he's going to travel is we are going to control the ball. We're going to run the ball. We've got now we got Jonu Smith in the middle at tight end who can who Cam operates well with a good tight end. Yeah. He's done that historically. If he's still got enough arm in him, he can do that. Now you got a guy who can take the tape top off the defense. So now all of a sudden uh, those safeties have to go half step back. That opens up the run game. They need to get a dynamic runner. They don't have one that I can tell. I haven't seen one. If Cam's going to Cam's going to run a lot, which he is, then you got to have a dynamic runner next to him to to create that true option out yeah. of it. So I'm curious what that looks like for them. They're much better defensively. The, to me, they don't win anything with this roster. No, I mean they're not better than the Bills. No, they're not. I, I you know if the Dolphins pull off the Deshaun Watson, they're not better than the Dolphins. Which is incredible because I don't I don't understand all the rhetoric. So I'm not sure what they're doing after yesterday. That they're all of a sudden the favorite in the East. Like I saw that Crazy from Mike talk. Greenberg. I mean, saying I don't see it. Be- Belichick's going to win the East next year. You watch. Like, I, how? You heard it here for how? What there? There were times last year where Running Cam Newton was one hopping it. Yeah, looking like Lester at the mound throwing the first right. on a checkdown. I don't. I don't know. I don't see it. I, I don't. So to me, it's it seems kind of like reckless, and it seems like they're without a plan. Uh, yeah. It'd be one thing if they had a quarterback that would be. Uh, it, I think they're going to run it a lot with a quarterback and the running back, and I kind of laid out the way I think they're going to go about it. But I don't know that that's not good enough. That seems yeah. gimmicky to me. That's yeah. not good enough to beat the Bills. No, certainly not good enough to beat the the Chiefs or the Browns or the Ravens or the 
you know, I mean, I, it, to me, it's a very strange plan, and it seems a little panicky on their end. And I think it's interesting that, and in, you know, we start we start talking about the Browns. No panic from that front office. They didn't spend like drunken sailors. They didn't give contracts that were out of whack. They stayed with even the the deal for Johnson is his cap hit next year is five million. It's really manageable. Mm. Really manageable deal. So they stayed within their parameters, yeah. and it seems like the Patriots spent drunkenly. We'll see uh, by, by, the, by the time this is all said and done, but it's hard for me to imagine it resulting in them winning much of anything. But, you know, we'll see. A lot of pressure on Belichick, I would say, for the first time. You better win. If you're going to spend all that on those players, you better win. Um, Chris Holtman and the Buckeyes better win as well. They will open up the big dance on Friday at 3 o'clock against Oral Roberts. Coach Holtman with some availability yesterday on his show. We'll get his early thoughts on Oral Roberts. Uh, some Kyle Young updates. See where the Buckeyes stand as we get into March Madness this week. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Threes and Uncle Bo. If you know, you know. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Oh, this is pretty interesting. Tiger Woods is getting back into the video game world. He signed a long-term partnership with the company behind PGA Tour 2K. Mm. Returning the 15-time major champion to an industry once dominated with EA Sports. Of course, he dominated. Tiger Woods was fantastic. Um, oh, that's great. Not sure what they have right now. I guess EA Sports has been doing it with Rory recently. <laughs> hasn't pro- oh, wow. We don't. EA Sports hasn't produced a golf game since 2015. Well, I think that kind of says it all about Tiger. That explains it. He is the needle. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's the entire needle. And I know people, Mm -hmm. I know golfers are fired up, you know, with Bryson and all of this stuff, but they don't cross over. They don't. They just, he's a one-man needle. He's the wheel, as uh, Daenerys said. I I don't want to be a spoke in the wheel. I want to break the wheel. He he breaks the wheel. That's that's what he is. So that's good. So that'll so that'll be good getting him back. I that's I suppose that explains. So I I got the boys, uh, the two K golf for the switch. I think. That's yeah, not broken. Thanks, Bootsy. The switch. No, it's well. Who knows? After last night, the events of last night. Um, slammed the switch. Who slammed it. We know that it was Beamsy who did it, right? I have yeah, done Beamsy that. N sixty four. By the way, I have thrown. I, I lost. Uh, this is a long time ago. This hasn't happened since. I don't think. I don't think I've lost since. But I lost in Mario Kart 64, and I remember just nice little. I remember sitting on the chair in our little uh, entertainment room. I remember the sidearm throw that smoked the built-in TV cabinets. Sure. I remember the animal yelling, "What was that?" Nothing to see here, Dad. Nothing. 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 Don't Nothing. worry about it. Yep. The, and because the one we had four was, controllers and there was only three of us, I was able to get by with it for quite a long time. I don't think I actually ever told him I broke it. I think I just asked for a new one for my birthday or there Christmas. There you go. Eventually, you needed a new system, so that solved it. Yeah. the The most frustrating I didn't I never got into the the Call of Duty Assassin's Creed world, but the yeah. the hard one was always when you were in the middle of a dynasty, deep into a season, and you would lose late. On NCAA, and you then have to make the decision. All right, am I going to do this real and try to win my way back through, and somehow right. still get to the national championship and do it right, or right. am I going to reset this stupid thing yeah. and play this game again and then burn another hour mm-hmm. of my life? That was always the the decision that was a yeah. tough one to make in the yeah. moment. Which another tough do? one to swallow is when you get to a certain point and you shut the game off in a hurry without saving your progress. That's always a so. That's in those 
open world games where that happens. Yep. Yep. The Red Dead um, Redemption and that stuff. Yeah. Where you, yeah. Yep. Yep. Back before everything was like automatic. Now it's all automatic saving, right? Like you finish, you complete something in one of those open world and it's like automatically saves. It's constantly, yes. you know, the bar. That, okay, great. Thank you for saving my progress. Um, right. But when you like finally defeated somebody for the first time and you're like, yes, finally, I'm able to get past Bowser. Dude. <laughs> That's a big deal when you get by Bowser. That's a big deal. Open up a lot of worlds. Yeah, dude. The the Xbox Series X that the boys have, it you can you can stop playing Madden. Let's say, yeah, you can come back in two days. Yeah, when you put it on, it picks up where you left off. Absolutely, immediately. No There's no load. There's nope. nothing. And I'm not even talking about like in the middle. I'm talking in the middle of a game. Yeah, you can turn off a game with two minutes left in the third quarter. Go have dinner. Mm. Turn the Xbox off. Yeah. Go have dinner. Go to bed. Next day, go to school. Rinse, repeat. Turn it on the next night, and it picks up right where you left off. And then you have That's the incredible. choice. Do you want to keep playing this, or do you want to... There's no load. Like, it just goes incredible. right to it. Let's go. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty good. Um, you know what else is incredible? What's that? That the New England Patriots strike again. Signing what they do now, Hunter Henry to a three-year, thirty-seven point five million dollar deal. Oh boy! So he got both tight ends. He got Janu and Hunter Henry. Well, I want Gronk and Hernandez again. Yeah, I do. Yep. So what is the The football players? (laughs) Not the not the offense. Are you? Yeah, right. Do you think you're getting? Can Cam do that? I don't know. I don't know. But if you want to run the quarterback and play big boy football and have 12 personnel or 22 personnel on the field and make teams get big that have gotten fast, you have guys who can catch it as well on play action. Now, the question is, can they block it with Hunter Henry and John? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that that's, yeah. And so, but they all, don't you think they, wouldn't Curtis Samuel make sense there? Absolutely. With all the things he can do? Yep. On yep. a bargain deal and then you draft a running back? Yep. You know? Yep. You put those tight ends out at number one. You make, if you're in man, the safeties or linebackers walk out there in all that space, and then you make the corners come inside on Curtis Samuel in the slot. And like yeah. a 12 personnel. And then you have Aguilar running nine routes over and over again. Yep. And that's that's what you do. Blow the top off, yep. So yeah. then those digs and the, um, you know, all those, the, the deep post corners, why are they open? Because Aguilar gets out of there in a hurry, clears the safety out, opens up the void. Levels, that's a, it's, it's an interesting Simple. team. The most, it's the a most really, it's an common team. route in college football, and we used to call it NCAA in, uh, in the NFL even, is you have a, a shallow crosser with a deep dig over the middle, right? It's layers. It's levels. Quarterback can drop back. They can just view right down the middle of the field, and it's levels. All right, We're going to have a crosser, shallow crosser, one deeper, and then a deep dig behind the crosser, and see if they're in zone, and man, and you know, it's easy stuff. And yeah. You're going to be able to do that with <laughs> these guys. And Cam's going to be able to sit there and see it all right in front of them. Really, Josh McDaniels loves loves having two tight end sets. Loves yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's a method to the madness there in terms of the way that they're going to go about their business. You can't argue with that. So pretty interesting stuff. That's a, that's a, to get the top two tight ends. Yeah. You know. Who do think they are? The Browns? <laughs> well... <laughs> They're the Browns without an accurate quarterback. I know. So uh, it's kind of a, to get all it's a tricky. Ends. Right, and they yeah. don't have Nick Chubb yeah. or Kareem Hunt. So they've got to have somebody who's going to run it to to offset all of that to make it all work. But they, they're, 
I think they're very clearly going to be very physical and say, all you guys who are, want to play three tight end or three safeties, fine. Tackle this. Good luck. That's, mm. that's kind of where they're going, it seems. Um, this NCAA tournament, uh, for Chris Holtman starts Thursday, I'm sorry, Friday against Oral Roberts has the potential to be a springboard for the program. We, since, since Coach Holtman has been here, it has been a lot of fun. It has been an established, this year really, established as a legit program in the Big Ten. If you are going to stay at that level, you have to have some runs in March because that opens up some recruiting. And in the, in the transition year for college basketball, which we've talked about a lot, which is where we are, um, this would be huge for them. You like what he's doing in recruiting. You like the young players. You think about the development, the fact that Michi is here, being able to experience all of this. How beneficial is that for a guy who's supposed to be a high school senior? Think about how experienced he'll be next year. Coach has been really smart with Michi, too. He doesn't play a lot of minutes, but what the minutes he does play are high-pressure minutes, if you've noticed. It's the last couple minutes of a half. It's Mm -hmm. in the middle of of a stretch where it's key possessions here and there. So he's really throwing him into the fire. That will benefit Michi down the road. So a, a run here benefits tremendously the program, tremendously. Yeah. And I think he's, he certainly is aware of that. And he's talking about being, remember, no tournament last year. So this is a new experience for a lot of his roster. Here's Coach Holtman yesterday from his show talking about what this experience could be for the program. I think our older guys are going to have to lead the way and get our guys focused on the next thing. And then really the next thing is, is, is rest today. And then the next thing tomorrow will be um, getting ourselves a, a workout, uh, getting moving. You know, the coaches are hard at work prepping for Oral Roberts and then uh, who potentially could be next if we were to beat Oral Roberts. So we're, we're doing all that stuff. But uh, because we – the tournament got canceled last year and some of our guys uh you know justice suing never played in the NCAA tournament at cow you know ej liddell didn't play last year we would have been a 5c but he didn't play in the tournament because it was canceled Dwayne washington played sparingly just a little bit as a freshman so it is interesting that we got some new faces and what we're going to need is guys like cj walker and older guys to lead the way and in the tournament the games come so quickly that you learn on the fly Mm. I mean, you don't even really have time to think about it. <clears throat> you know, it's such a rhythm. You play, you practice, you do availability, then you play again. Yeah. Then, I mean, they're in Indy now. They're, they're there. They they play Friday. Um, they're going to stay there the whole time, so they're not even going to be traveling back and forth. You'll just right. stay over there, and and it's just going to be a meat grind. It's going to be a, honestly a little bit like AAU, where you just go to a place for a weekend and wait it out. And that's what's going to happen, and everyone's going to be there. And I heard him yesterday saying that a lot of the teams are in their hotel, and that's what this is going to be. And and they're going to meet, grind it through. But this is going to be an incredible experience, and it it will. It, I do think it'll set a bar for what we expect the program to be. Yeah, yeah. And I think what this program can be is. I don't have. I don't think it's right to expect that this program is Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, Carolina. It's never been that. We've got one national championship. It's just, it's never going, it's never been that. It probably will never be that on that level. Yeah. Um, it'll never be the most important thing on campus. It'll never be the most important thing in town. But I think you can be the level just below it. And yeah. I don't see any reason why you can't be similar to what Tom Izzo has done at Michigan State or what the consistency that they've had at Michigan in the last decade. I don't see any reason you can't be that. 
that should be what you aspire to be. Top four team in the Big Ten, consistently win the league, you know, contend every once in a while for the Final Four, make a run at a national title once every five or six years. That should be, I think that's a very realistic expectation for this program. Thad had it there, got off the, got off the rails towards the end from a development standpoint. Yeah. Holtman building it towards that and, yeah. and building it in a different way. Thad was very much, you know, recruiting the five stars and trying to trying to be in that world, and he hit on them big time early in his in his career here, and then it started to dissipate a little bit. For coach for Coach Holtman, it's a little bit different process. He's not swinging for the five star kid uh, from Indiana. He's much more targeted in his recruiting. He's much more pro- targeted in the build of the program, and I think it's more of the ISO model. Where you have program guys who are there. Think about Cassius Winston, how long t- he was at Michigan State. Yeah. You have guys that are there a long time and then every once in a while sprinkle in a one and done or a two and done. And now, now you've got a program. And I think that's what, what we'll see here over the next few years. I think this run will have a lot to do with it. Experienced ball handlers, right? Experienced yep. point guards, um, seniors, fourth, fifth year guys, career guys handling the ball, the ones that are kind of in charge on the court. And then if you want to get a one or two and done, it's at other positions, right? To where yep. those are your impact guys. But your most experience is like CJ gives us such a nice little warm blanket with the fact of just the experience, the way he's handled the rock, um, doesn't get too high, too low. Dwayne just has no conscience when it comes to shooting the basketball, right? And when he's on, he's just yep. a threat. EJ, I mean, EJ, a guy that um, a lot of people are undersized, but I mean, we're talking about first team all Big Ten. You know what I mean? On a guy who wasn't a massive, huge recruit. You know, Illinois wanted him. We wanted him. But it wasn't like he's hes not a guy Kentucky's after. Um, no. Duke. So can you can you put together a model of, of this consistently? And I think you can. And look, if you're Ohio State, it's perfectly fine to understand if you're Ohio State basketball. You're not going to be Ohio State football. And you don't have to be. But can you, no. in February, give this fan base, this city... Something to root for and cheer for that you are making a run at the Big Ten title in the regular season so people stay around, and then a real hope for March. And that's exactly what they've given us this year. They've given us a team yeah. that has been talked about on national level, and you're, you're, in the, you're making a run in the Big Ten tournament to where it's not some f- Cinderella run, right? It kind of felt Cinderella-ish yeah, for us because of the way we limped into the tournament. But by no means, like if you would have said, hey, we lost in the Big Ten uh Final to Illinois in overtime after before the four game skate. Like if that would have happened right after um, the Michigan yeah. game, would have been the Big Ten tournament. You'd been like, oh yeah, absolutely. I expected us to win it with the it's way we're playing. Um, so there, there is a new perspective here that I think Holtman. I think this tournament run can solidify his blueprint. Right, I think that he's been preaching over and over to the coaches, to the to the team about culture and this and that. It's worked because they're, they lost in the Big Ten Championship game. But you make a run in March, and it's like, guys, I, look, the message is now cemented. It's the new norm. The culture is established firmly with a nice little run here. Yeah. No, it is. And and now it's something that this is our program. This is who we are. Yep. And it, it'll go a long way towards that. Uh, I wanted to get this to you guys as well. Coach was asked yesterday about uh, health, especially the update on Kyle Young. He had this to say. I don't have any new information for you. You know, he's still being evaluated day to day. And uh, I think right now we're optimistic that he's making progress. He was at the arena yesterday, but, uh, but you know, we just didn't want to put him out among all the, the, the noise and the action. But I think he's making progress. But in terms of what uh, his availability will be, 
Uh, certainly, I'm optimistic and hopeful, but I'm not sure what his availability is going to be right now. And I'll be very candid with you. I don't know what the college basketball protocols are on concussion. Like the NFL, you know, it's a progress you got to make over yeah. and over and over again over a time before you can get cleared to play again. I'm not. I don't know what it is in college basketball. Yeah. In terms of I don't either. To play, I have no idea. He's All had a couple of them now. So who would on the first test, the baseline test, would intentionally miss answers so that if they ever did get in the a NFL? concussion, they would pass. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Which is not helping. Or not. <laughs> or not depending on which way you want to look at it. Um, so a little bit of a red card day in the Big Ten yesterday. What do you make of, of the of the hirings and firings and the future of the league on the hardwood? we get to that coming up next. Then Tuesdays with Tiberi coming up at the bottom of the hour. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. The Fan. You- the linebacker. The legend. The liquor cabinet. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. The Daily Fan Poll, sponsored by Riker Nissan. Today's fan poll, fan.com Do you consider Indiana a top-tier coaching job in college basketball? What do you think, Therese? A top-tier. Top-tier. No way. No. It's not Kansas. No. It's not Duke. It's not Carolina. No. It's not Kentucky. Uh, it's not. It's Nebraska it's not football. Pro- it's not like that. Is it? I don't know. I think it's actually more negligent than that because Nebraska football has some recruiting disadvantages that Indiana basketball doesn't have. Mm. Indiana high school basketball is still so really is it good. Tennessee football where they're in the South proximity of talent. Might be that. It might be Miami Hurricanes football. It might mm. be Florida State. Um, Florida State. Except Florida State's won, and Miami's won recently true. You know, in true. the last 20 years. Yeah, Tennessee might be right, except they were better. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time. They haven't won a national title since 86. Um, they have been to the Final Four in the last 20 years or so. They've had some runs. They had the Jared Jeffries teams after Bob Knight was uh, fired uh, that, that made a little bit of a run. They've hired good coaches. Tom Crean won and was good at Marquette. Everybody wanted him, um, and it didn't work. Just could not consistently win yeah. there. Um, he did have the Cody Zeller team that was with Oladipo that was a really good team. Yeah. Um, and then they got Archie, who everybody wanted Archie. People at Ohio State wanted Archie, thinking that yep. when Thad left, Archie was the perfect hire. He yep. went uh, He went to Indiana first. Uh, we ended up with Holtman. We're very happy with how that ended up. Um, but I think that the problem is probably more about Indiana than it is about the coaches. I don't think Archie Miller forgot how to coach. I don't think... You know, Tom Crean forgot how to coach. I think that if I think young kids, it's been a long time, man. It's been a long time. You're selling something that is there's a little UCLA basketball to it. It's been a long time since that since dominance has happened. UCLA last won the national title in '95. Um, they got to the Final Four with Kevin Love and those guys. Uh, ben yeah. Howland had them going a little bit, but it's I just don't know if I, it's better. It's a better spot than Nebraska football because you can, if you get the best players in the state of Indiana every year, you should be able to be a contender in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the same yeah, is true I, at Nebraska. So that's the that's the one thing that's a little different. Yeah. I think um, this is, 
for one, I, I, need to, I need to preface everything with saying that I was I was way off on Archie Miller too. I wanted Archie, but I'm also not I'm not deep in the college basketball world about what would be a. I fit. don't know you if he's a failure saw. though, pal. I don't know either. I, I don't know either. I, I don't but know I'm saying, that he I is. Him. I I think it's more the spot than the player. Yeah. Or the or the coach. What do you, you know? mean? What if you put uh, Rick Pitino there? Just say, hey, we don't need to really look. What if they said to hell with it? Yeah, just hey, with it. you know we're what? Going, just we're selling our soul to the devil. We just know we're going to win. That's it. I'll, I'll David, just win, baby. That's Jeez. it. Just win. I think they have delusions of grandeur that they're going to get Brad Stevens. And if you're Brad Stevens, and maybe you're tired, I brought of up Rick Pitino because I, I literally know. saw a tweet yesterday that said, "Indiana fans, give up your hopes of getting Brad Stevens. It's not happening. Instead, hope for Rick Pitino." Legit tweet. That's yeah, I, you of know, course they, they would. They would win right away with Rick Pitino. I mean, there's no doubt he wins everywhere he goes. You're going to end up on probation, but he wins everywhere he goes. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, that, that we'll worry about that. It doesn't. Matter. Brad Stevens, if it, just from I don't know anything about the guy other than how good he was at Butler, and he's been pretty yeah. good in the NBA with the Celtics. They've, they've done it. He's done a nice job there. Um, but if he does want to get back into the college game, just think about this, folks. Carolina is going to be open. Roy Williams can't coach forever. Mike Krzyzewski can't coach forever at Duke. So those are the two jobs that I would say if you're Brad Stevens. I know he has ties to Indiana and all of that, but those are the two jobs that I think I would be interested in. Um, Heck, even Kentucky with Calipari if if they're tired of him. like Those are Cadillac jobs. Those three, Kansas, those are the jobs. So that's probably, if he ever gets back into college, I would think that's the way he would go. I don't think that you want to take on the Herculean task of rebuilding Indiana basketball. It, it's tough. It has been proven over the last couple of decades. It's very difficult. And and so much of their identity was built on, you know, Bob Knight, who had the approach that he had and something that even 30 years ago started to not play with with younger athletes. You know, they weren't, you know, they weren't taking it 30 years ago. So let alone that style and that identity. I just think there's a lot of bad mojo around the program. It's hard for me to see them finding their way back. Um, no matter who they hire. It is good on a Tuesday when we can visit with our good buddy Dom Tiberi. He joins us next for Tuesdays with Tiberi. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Time for the Chris Holtman Daily Show. Brought to you locally on The Fan by Credit Union of Ohio and by the Stuckey Firm. This is Chris Holtman Daily Show brought to you by Incova Insurance. Chris, it, it goes without saying, but you have to be incredibly proud of how your team performed in the Big Ten tournament, even though Sunday didn't turn out the way you would have liked it to. Yeah, no question, Paul. <clears throat> no question. I thought we had a really good week of basketball. I thought uh, four games in four days is a lot. You're obviously playing ranked teams. We played two ranked teams, one in the quarterfinals, one in the semifinals in Purdue and Michigan, and then obviously a top-five team in Illinois. In the championship game, um, being Minnesota first was important. Um, it was a great week of basketball. Proud of our guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get there again here soon and finish. All right. We'll have another comment in just a moment. Two legends, one show. Well, it's all a lie. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Well, Bishop James Laurinaitis with you on a Tuesday edition of the program. Time for Tuesday's with Tiberi. And for that, we head on on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for our good buddy, 10TV legend, Dom Tiberi. Dommy, uh, let me ask you, the reason I were talking about this in the at the top of the hour, what should Ohio State basketball be 
at its best. We've had these stretches of teams that have, you know, the Jimmy Jackson teams, the Scooney Penn teams, the, the Diebler and, and uh, Sullinger teams, the Connolly Odin teams. You've had these flashes. Just one national title, though, since 1960. Um, so, so what should it be? Well, I think I think what we're seeing is what it is. Is uh, you know, it's never going to replace football. But with that said, I mean, what Chris Holtman was able to do this year, and what he's been able to build. You know, you think about what Thad Mata did uh, when he was here. Uh, this this is a competitive basketball program where they're going to compete for a Big Ten title every year, and hopefully make noise in the NCAA tournament. I mean, I hear people say, you know, this club's never going to be a blue blood like North Carolina or Duke or those kind of things. And, you know, uh, obviously you got to start somewhere. But, you know, the the big problem for Ohio State basketball, and at least from the fans, is there's this other little thing here in town called Ohio State football. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I think basketball is always going to take a bit of a backseat to that. But that, that doesn't mean that this team can't compete. And I I fully expect this club to make a nice run in the NCAA tournament. Could they win it? Yeah, they could beat anyone. I mean, we've seen that all season long, but uh, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think Chris Holtman understands where he is in, in in the situation. I know Thad certainly got it and, you know, they have an appreciation for the football program. And, And the thing that, I think it's interesting when you look at what Thad Mata when he was here and what Chris Holtman is doing. They used the football program to help recruit the basketball program. I mean, it, the football oh, Saturdays, yeah. you'd always see, you know, you'll see those guys down on the sidelines with uh, big-time recruits that they, they have in here. Um, so, you know, and you you look at what Thad did early here, what he, you know, I mean, you look up that one of that first recruiting classes he had with Odin and Connolly and, and, uh, uh, those those guys uh, uh, and and you know we haven't seen Holtman recruit kind of like that, but he he but the the thing that's changed the whole thing with basketball fellas is this transfer portal. I mean, how many guys do they have here that have transferred into Ohio State? It's it's this this is uh, this is uncharted waters. So and not only for basketball for football too. Yeah, Dom. How many brackets do you fill out this time of year? Are you a one bracket guy, or do you hedge your bets? What do you, What do you got oh, going please. on with the bracket? I mean, what What is your style? Because for me, it's one. I got one. If I'm in multiple leagues, I'm running the same bracket. It's not the smart play, I don't believe. But I just I don't have time to be doing all these different scenarios. I just give me one bracket. What, what's your style? Come March, I, I'll probably do three, three to four. You know, just to, to change it up a little bit because there's always those games. I mean, no one's perfect. No one's, a, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you're just trying to get into money, James. You do this because <laughs> you do this because it's fun, but you also, you know, there's a, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Right. And, you know, it's, it's nice to play that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, everyone in America is doing it. I have, I have started looking at it. You know, the games that always freak me out are those, you know, like the eight seeds and the five seeds and that, because you're going to see some of those clubs get beat. True or false, when I was at Channel 10, you always took off. If the Buckeyes weren't in, you always took off the Thursday, Friday, so I'd have to work the late shows. True or false? Well, that's probably true. If they weren't in. <laughs> if, if they, they weren't, weren't in. in. Right. 
My, you no, and, look, James, James, you and Moosey all of a sudden, hey, where's where's Dom and Moose today? Oh, we're going on at 11.45 because of a triple overtime game on the West Coast. That's a fun start time for the 11 o'clock news. Let me, tell, let me tell James my greatest memory, one of my greatest memories ever. You know, March 30th is going to be 40 years here, boys, and this is one of the, Come the on. memories. Yeah, can you imagine that? Wow. Um, anyways, you, mem- you remember our trip? We started in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Boston, and then we That's went right. to New Orleans, Chase and Ohio State. That's when Sullinger was on the team. And my favorite memory from that whole thing is when you and I rode in the back seat of the car and 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 Clue uh, drove us, and you. So and you got to explain to James who we were limousine. So. We were limousine. Uh, uh, it was like we were in a limousine, and we decided we were, and we we did social media all the way over from yeah. the back seat of the car while while the uh, the uh, well he was a soldier while the so- soldier, the soldier drove us. So we, get, we go to photographer. Clue was our he photographer. Was great. Clue was great. So we we go to leave. We got to drive to Pittsburgh to go cover it, and we get in the the. I think we were in the. I don't remember what we were driving over there, and Klug was like, "Well, who's going to ride in the front?" And we said, "Nobody. We're in the back. You're driving." <laughs> so he chauffeured oh, us to amazing. Pittsburgh. It was really fantastic. <laughs> that trip also it was we dealt with the uh, the incredible fame of Scooney Penn in Boston. Which was yeah. incredible, like how beloved he was. Yeah. You remember at the rental car yeah. place, like we were trying to get a rental car, there was confusion. All of a sudden, Scooney shows up, and the guy at the rental car place remembers Scooney because he was a high school legend in Boston. Here, whatever car oh, yeah. you want, take what you need. Here you go, yeah. whatever you yeah. need, boys. Um, well, hey, the, the, the North End, that was the other one. What, there were real guys we saw down there. Those yeah. were real guys. Well, we did one night. We went and we we ate at like six different restaurants. We ate one thing. We had we started with the, uh, you know, we had uh, wedding soup at one place. We had antipasta at another. Remember, and it just kind of <laughs> yep. we we just went all over in in the, the north end, and we met some nice uh, nice gentlemen. Some real men. Yeah, I would say how that goes. Um, hey, I wanted to ask you, because you've been one of the big proponents, and I just saw today the crew put out uh, this incredible thing with the Haslam Sports Group and Pizzuti and, and, and the living stuff that's going to happen around Crew Stadium. And obviously we see that thing going up and how spectacular it is. Can you believe that happened, Dom? I mean, we're gonna. That stadium is unbelievable. That development's going to be unbelievable. This thing was gone. It was gone. Yeah. It's it's absolutely. I mean, well, they wrote a book about it because there's never been any. You look at sports teams around America, men. They they jump all over the place. NFL, you know. I mean, it's here one day, the next day it's gone. And this, you know, was set up from the beginning. I think when Precourt bought the team, he bought it with the intention of moving his club to Austin, Texas. And the fans said, you're not taking our team anywhere. And it blew up. And you think about what Dr. Pete Edwards and the Haslam family did. And now you see what they're building. I mean, you know, it's right right over by where our TV station is. And I see it going up every day. And it's going to be amazing. And, uh, you know, it, it really is a reward for the fans that said, hey, wait a minute, you're not taking our team. And, you know, for, for some of the people, Bo, you know, you've been, a, you've been a soccer purist from day one. You and I often talk about, you know, the beautiful game. And the fact that the matter is, uh, whether, whether, you know, somebody's folks say, oh, soccer's not good. It's here. It's here to stay. And uh, it's, it's in this country. And I think soccer, I think it's finally found its footing here in America. And I think uh, the sport's only going to grow now. 
Dom, have you wandered over to our uh, new radio studios? I mean, I haven't been in studio for over a year. I'm wondering what that looks like over there. I wonder if you can get maybe a hammer, some nails, maybe put oh. some pictures up, um, maybe speed this process up a little bit because I'm sick of looking out my, my guest room window, Dom. So yeah, if it, I can get a little help from you, that'd be great. Beautiful. It is going to be amazing. It is beautiful. I mean, I, I go back there and just stand there and just go, oh, my God, this place is amazing. You guys are going to love it. It's fabulous. Absolutely. I'm hoping I can sneak in there. Not that I don't like being in the newsroom, but I would love to be back there with you guys. So we'll oh, see. Oh, tomfoolery. There will be all sorts of you know, tomfoolery well, if we do that. Well, yeah, that'll be a good time. Well, we, we, we did it before. Right. There's we no reason we can't again. again. We Let me ask you this. Before. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, St. Patty's yeah. Day tomorrow. Obviously, a proud Italian gentleman such as yourself, but I know you partake yes. in all sorts of festivities. Uh, St. Patty's Day for for Uncle Dom. Where do you go? What's the what's the what's the spread? What is there? Are you a Guinness man? Do you have a little Bushmills? What do you do? Let me tell you something, Bo. Do you have an Instapot? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you what. Get your Instapot out. Go get yep. yourself some some chuck roast. Cube yep. it up. Throw that bad boy in there. Get yourself a little bit of uh, some beef stock and throw in a bottle of Guinness beer, some potatoes, some vegetables. And you know what? You close that sucker up, cook it for 30 minutes, and I'll tell you what, you have the best Irish beef stew ever. And it's so easy. I love the Instapot. Do you have one yet, James? Of course. Absolutely. What, are we hard of having Instapots? Of course we yeah. have Instapots around yeah, here. Of well, I just wanted to make sure I didn't know what they were, and I'm going, I don't know that I want one of these. What do you, I got a oh. crock pot. Oh, no, it's life-changing. Yeah. 30 oh, it's minutes, great. you can make anything life-changing. I'm telling you. You could put a rat in there and cook it, and it would taste good. Okay. That's a little too far. I'm telling yes, you. I get it. It's, olive, it's, oil, olive oil. Olive oil, too, would make anything taste good. Well, that's a fact. I mean, that's absolutely have you ever, a fact. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, olive oil, is, it's the greatest. What's the best ingredient ever? It has to be olive oil. Every, I use it every day in everything I cook. Every Same. day, um, anything. I, I drink it sometimes. You can sip it. It's good for you. You can sip good it. Good for you to do that. Uh, we win so much every time we get to have a little Tuesdays with you, my friend. Thanks for your time today. I love you guys. Thank you very much. All right, that is the great Dom Tiberi, who we love uh, tremendously, uh, joining us on Tuesdays with Tiberi. We hit Thing or Not a Thing up next. Bishop and Lord Itis right here on The Fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. Two guys who love to see it. This is Bishop and Lauren Itis. Hey, it's time for a little Thing or Not a Thing. Bodie's here. Hit it, Boats. Bishop and Laurenitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. All right, guys. Yesterday, the ACC eliminated its intra-conference rule, which forced student-athletes to sit out for one year if they were transferring from one ACC school to another. Thing or not a thing? Huge. Um, This is going to be a problem. Mm. And if somebody does not get their hands around the power, if the the NCAA, the emperor has no clothes. Yep, they have no they have no say. If you're gonna have yep. conferences deciding eligibility rules arbitrarily, yep. then you, you're worthless at that point. Yep, and they are anyway. But I mean, this yeah. is that's a big deal, man. Absolutely. Oh, I'm at NC. Oh, no, I want to go to Duke. I'm out. Okay. I mean, it's 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 creating a 
I don't want to say it's an unfair... Man, I'm not sure this is really an unfair playing field. Regardless, NCAA, show some leadership. Get out ahead of it. I mean, you're all, they're so reactionary, man. It literally, here's, here's what I've come happen. to. They are so reactionary on everything except the, the March Madness and how they can make money. If it doesn't have to do with yeah. making money, they really... There's a bunch of so old reactive. guys... Yep. There's a bunch of old guys trying to make their last millions with yep. no thought into what's coming next and yep. no real interest in trying to solve They don't it. care about how to be a part of this whole thing don't going care. forward. And so to them, it's like, how can we make our last amount of money? We'll leave it to the next generation. We don't care. If the NCAA doesn't exist, doesn't matter. I won't be here anyway. Six referees who were scheduled to officiate in the NCAA tournament this weekend have been sent home due to a positive COVID test and contact tracing. Thing or not a thing? Not a thing. I expected that there will be this. But this Replacement refs? Oh, it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> no, it's fine. I wonder if they're any faster on the reviews and than the normal refs are <laughs> Every, in the last two minutes of a college game, which for whatever reason takes 12 hours. <sighs> we know how much these college refs love to be part of the story, so... I'm sure they're they're just they're fired up. They're gonna they're gonna petition this. They're gonna go get their own little rapid test to prove it was a false positive because they got to be seen. You know. Oh, they love it. Sportsline has released odds on who will take over as Indiana's next men's head basketball coach. Sitting with the six best odds at plus twelve hundred is former Ohio State head coach Thad Mata. Thing or not a thing? Somebody uh, somebody tweeted this to me, and I said, "You talk to your mother with that mouth. Like we can't have that." <laughs> Right, I mean, you can't have Thad coaching at Indiana, and I don't think he would. I, I don't think he would. I I don't I don't know what. You know, one of the one of the great what ifs is what happens if Thad doesn't have the injury to his leg because yeah. it cha- I mean, that just changed everything. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that he's still such a young man, and he was on pace. the The pace that he was on was un- kind of unprecedented. Um, and he's still young, and if he wants to get after it, I just don't know. You know, Thad was a guy that when he wasn't coaching or if he had a weekend, he would go to the lake, drink some bourbon, and, I mean, he wasn't somebody who liked being out there in the face of everything. He really That's why Ohio State was a great fit for him. Any time people say, oh, he's going to go to Kentucky, and there was a lot of those rumors early on when I got here, and it was like, I don't know. I don't know if he wants to be and do what Kentucky requires. Right. Of the basketball coach. He liked yeah. kind of playing the second fiddle here and being able yeah. to disappear. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Um, man, I I don't want I come on, I don't want to play Thad. I just don't want I just don't want that to happen. I don't think he will either. No. I don't think he will. We've obviously talked a lot of NFL free agency today. Here's one move that maybe went a little bit under the radar. The Chargers signed Should center have. Corey Gosh. Lindsley to a five-year, $62.5 million deal. The former Buckeye is now the NFL's highest-paid center. Thing or not a thing? God bless him. Mm. God bless him. Mm. Gets to live in Southern California. Yep. Wear those uniforms. You know, little Orange County. Wear those uniforms. Yep. You know? Yep. Little man he's actually a duo because I think taxes, he just bought a place nice here in Columbus. Tax. So I think he's a dual resident. Um, but I mean, oh, give me a reason, you know? Yep. <laughs> yep. Good job. Good job. I actually could if I didn't like you so much, I'd call Les Snead, you know, and, and be in the front office. <laughs> I know you could but because I like you so want. much. I just without I just uh, in, in, in a matter. I'm a, I'm always on the I'm always preparing for the Bo Bishop show with chops. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm always ready. <laughs> just in case you bail on me in the middle of a just, just on a Wednesday, you just don't show up one day. Listen, and all of a sudden there he is. 
The only thing you have to look, I'm 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 13 days from vacation. All right, I'm I'm staying focused. All right, my whole goal is to act as professional as you did before your vacation. If I can act that well, focused I was good. all the way through, then then yeah. I will be a true pro. Yeah, that was a good job out of me that last show before vacation. <laughs> The NCAA Football Oversight Committee is expected to recommend that the recruiting dead period come to an end on May 31st. College recruiting has been in a dead period since back on March 13th of last year due to the pandemic. Thing or not a thing? I mean, it seems like a pretty enormous thing. I had no idea that it had been dead that long. I acknowledge that I don't follow recruiting in that way about visits and all that stuff. So, yeah, I would think that would be a pretty big deal that kids could then go to campuses again. I only knew that because, uh, you know, you'll see, like, Pantone every now and again retweet something where it's like, incredible virtual visit at Ohio State. And I'm just thinking to myself, my gosh, who's in charge of that? What entails a virtual visit? You know, like, what do you right. get, a tour of the facility? Is it some, like, highlight film? And then you talk to coaches with a sweet, you know, background? Or, I mean, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, that's the world they've been living in for the last year. Got time for one more here. We hit on Indiana firing Archie Miller just earlier, but Penn State announced the hiring of their new head basketball coach yesterday. Micah Shrewsbury will take over in Happy Valley. Shrewsbury spent the last two years as an assistant at Purdue, and he spent the five years before that as an assistant on Brad, Steve- Brad Stevens' staff at uh, with the Celtics. Thing or not a thing? Uh, no, I mean, I, that's a really difficult job. It's probably the toughest job in the Big Ten, basketball. I mean, that in Nebraska. Um those are both just really hard jobs. I, it's hard for me to see a scenario where anybody wins there consistently, so I'll say yeah. not a thing. Yeah, not a thing. That's all I got. All right, good, not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. Good job out of you, though, Boats. Uh, all right, we will dig back in on a the wild NFL free agency and exactly what the Patriots' plan is. That is coming up next. We'll get you updated on the Bengals and the Browns situations as well. You have to assume that something is going to happen in Cleveland at defensive end. We'll let you know the thinking there and what the Bengals are exactly thinking in terms of protecting Joe Burrow. It's all coming up at the final hour. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. This is Ohio State basketball coach Chris Holtman on your home for Buckeye basketball, the fan. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. Well-dressed, well-spoken, but never, ever a well-drink. How about chaos? Absolute insanity. You are listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Day one in NFL free agency, pretty good if you were a defensive end. Pretty good if you were an interior offensive lineman. Not great if you were a wide receiver. Pretty good if you wanted to be signed by the New England Patriots, who have paid a lot of people. And they are close. And this goes so against everything that they have been. They are so close to breaking the record for most money ever spent in free agency. And Jay Glazer says they're not done. They're not done. But there's more to come. Mm. Mm. Doesn't it seem panicky for them? Bill's not going 7-9. No. No. But does this prevent him from doing it? No, because of what I saw at Cam Newton last year. You know? That's where I'm at. Like, I just don't know, like, with what they've done. I don't know that this makes them... By the way, like, they they paid Hunter Henry, they paid John Smith, uh, the two tight ends. Hunter Henry, I don't know if he's ever had 700 yards receiving. Mm. And he played with Herbert and Rivers. It's been dinged up, hasn't he? Like, they paid... They pay, he has. They pay. They paid him though, like he's Gronk. 
look, we got the cash to spend, you know? Who knows? Maybe maybe they're yeah. on the uh, the warning list of the league. Pay, you have to pay up to the floor, you know? Better better pay a big <laughs> chunk here get back within the <laughs> rolling average. I don't know. I don't know. What, do you, what did you make of – it's very aggressive. Um, and it's it's something that we make a big deal about. But, but historically, the teams that spend big in free agency don't mm-hmm. win. The dream team. Many times Philly. they miss the playoffs. Yeah. Philly dream team. Miami broke a record, missed the playoffs, and they signed the most money in free agency ever. Uh, the mm-hmm. Patriots are in, in, in a way to be able to do that. It has been proven over and over again that if you are trying to fix your team in free agency in the National Football League, it doesn't work. Right. Right. It just doesn't work. So the the bigger thing for, you know, and I think it's interesting that, that the, if you look at, where Belichick, one of the places where Belichick started his first head coaching job in Cleveland, and you look at what Cleveland has become in free agency, which seems to be a pretty smart, steady approach. They've drafted really well. John Dorsey deserves a lot of credit for that too, because he drafted Nick Chubb yeah. and Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield. He drafted those guys, mm-hmm. um, so he deserves a lot of credit for that too. But then Andrew Barry and those guys have taken over. They've steadied the ship. They don't spend recklessly. They don't overpay. They don't get in bidding wars. This is stuff that that they that, that franchise has done previously, yeah. where they've been desperate. You can't op- in life. You can't operate from a position of being desperate, right. and that's what it seems like the Patriots are doing. It's something they've never done before. To me, it feels that way. Maybe it'll all work. We'll see. I, I have to assume they have a better plan at quarterback than what we saw to Cam Newton. Uh, some way, I just don't know what that would look like or how they'll do it. Maybe they'll draft one. Who knows? Um, and then the the other thing, though, is the Browns' approach being what it is is pretty. It's pretty illuminating that they're operating like a big boy franchise. Mm-hmm. Two off seasons in a row. So what I'm trying to think of. Brown Andrew Barry gets there and he says to himself, "What do we need? We have Chubb, we have Kareem Hunt. We need an O line. Like we need to, we need to have an identity for Stefanski, right? Let's go get it. They executed perfectly last year, and it turned into be obviously the best O line in football. And now you're mm-hmm. looking at this is this is uncharted territory for the Browns to where you're sitting at a free agency and a draft season to where you are being." Patient and choosy on who you want to sign as a free agent, right? For the right deals, you you identify, and you're trying to get the right players, and and there's a clear vision. And I expect the draft to be the very same way. You don't have to draft for need, but does your need and your and your best player available mesh? Because you have, look, your roster is absolutely. I think it's it's fine. There are little things you could tweak, but I think this is a playoff team without mm-hmm. major tweaks, right? So. Yeah, that's a that's such a position of an established franchise. Like, hey, we're here, we made it. Um, and now the challenge is, can you maintain it? Right? You've almost you feel like you're climbing a mountain. You haven't reached the summit yet because that's the Super Bowl champs. But you're in the playoffs. Yep. You've gone up a tier. Now, can you stay up there? Right? And that's that's the challenge this offseason. And so far, they're acting accordingly. Can we? Can you get now a veteran pass rusher? That might not be great for three to five years, but you might have one or two really good seasons left in them, and even maybe overproduce one of those two years because of all the attention that will go on Miles. Because it doesn't matter who you sign on the other side; it doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter if it's Clowney. It doesn't matter if it's Dunlap. It doesn't matter if it's anybody. It doesn't matter if it's a rookie. Like all the attention is going to be on Miles Garrett. 
because he was on pace at one point yes. last season before COVID to be defensive player of the year. So yes, th- there, there's a certain attention that's going to go there. So already by that, ah, I you know for the right price, we would have loved to have a Carl Lawson. We would have loved to have um, you know Von Miller let go. We would love to have any of these guys, right? But okay, instead of having a guy for four to five years and have that kind of taken care of, eh, it's got to be a year or two of really good production, just like you had with Olivier. I mean, that's what the Vernon was. A couple years, yeah, good production. Oh, for sure. Okay, you know, all right, got to find another one. Yep. Um, not ideal, but you can get by with that. Now you have a young guy yeah. in the secondary. The three safeties is in light. I think the three safety versatility is huge because the three safeties will allow you to be in a – what we used to call big nickel or, you know, and, and enables you to play the run on some of this stuff a little firmer. If you have a guy that can do both in cover, which Johnson seems to be able to do, get everyone lined up. Uh, Delpit's playmaking ability, Harrison, you know, we've talked about the interchangeability of some of those guys. Um, it just gives you so much scheme flexibility. What are they in back there? Are they in, is this nickel? Is this big nickel? Or is it, we used to have a package yeah. called Cobra, which you would have thought was just big nickel. And it's, you know, they're, Teams are going to have to struggle to identify your personnel. Who's lined up where? And if they're interchangeable, well, is he, is he the nickel in this stat or is he the dime? What is he? Is he a safety? Is he a free or is he just a number? Is he nameless, faceless? Like, you're making offenses then struggle to, struggle to identify who's where and what you're trying to do. So they, they took care of that. Um, in a perfect world, you'd have a burner somewhere inexpensive. You know, is that draft? Is that here? I mean, yeah. gosh, who knows? Is that a second-round pick? They have a plan, and I think that's what's just comforting as a Browns fan is that, yeah, you know what? I'm sure a lot of people wanted a, a DN opposite, right? Um, you could tell that from the love for J.J. Watt, who can't help himself. He even has to tweet out a picture of someone finding his ball. Um, <laughs> just he, can't. he just he can't. He help can't help himself. Guy, I found your ball in the eleventh hole. I didn't slice one on the eleventh. I sliced one on the thirteenth, but it has to count for something. I hit it so damn far. I went two holes over. Good job, JJ. Just get, get Great job. He can't loves help it. yourself. He loves it anyway. Um, he loves it. Yeah, so no, he does. Um, it's amazing. But there, there was there was a want, and there's a need, but there was a want from Browns fans. But in the past, maybe I think maybe old old Browns. You know, like. How it started, where it is now, you know those little things, the memes that are on. Oh online. yeah, for sure. How it started, it'd be fans freaking out, like, "Why didn't we sign him?" I'm not like that now. Now I'm like, "Oh, they no. got a plan, and they'll execute it." No, and they've done this negatively in the past. Think about Dwayne Bow or Paul Kruger, where they've overpaid for guys mm-hmm. because they had to. They don't have to do yeah. that anymore. And there's reporting that they even that that Johnson had better offers elsewhere, and he he took less to play in Cleveland because he liked what was being built there. You mentioned that big nickel. What Johnson will be able to do for that, and and he's good at this. And Delpit and Harrison are really good at this. They all can blitz. At a pretty high level, Delpit was an incredible blitzer at LSU, especially in his sophomore year. Uh, Harrison can do that at a high level, so that's that's the confusion that Joe Woods wants to create. Who's staying? Who's coming? I don't know. Every time, and I I think he wants to play those three safeties. I got this question for you on social from Tyler. Um, he said, "What's more impactful to a defense?" This is in respect to the Browns situation: a second stud defensive end to free up your All Pro D end, or a stud safety. And then he also wanted to know what was your opinion on the Browns loading up on the front end of the back end of the defense uh, as a marquee linebacker? Does he understand the philosophy the Browns are obviously employing? Well, for one. I'm- I don't, I don't know what you think this is. This isn't hey, guys, right? You can't just tweet in and drop questions <laughs> on me out of nowhere. Um, no, I think I – think, uh, um, It's tomorrow. It is. Um, look, the Browns, for me, I'm always going D-line. Um, I'm going D-line first. Now, you can't also overpay for that. that that's, this is where 
if you said, hey, all things equal, right? If you're going to get a very favorable sure. deal between a safety and a DN, I'm going DN all the time. Um, I, I just think there is a... I, I've lived that life as far as being behind. We had deficiencies, but our defense at one point at the Rams was all predicated, and, and Jeff Fisher, say what you want about him, but he was going to build through the defensive line first. That's why our attention was, I mean, our ends were Chris Long and Robert Quinn. When Robert had 20 and Chris would get you 13, 14 a year. At D-tackle, we had Michael Brockers and Aaron Donald. We had Kendall Langford at one time as well in that mix who came over from Jeez. Miami. Big, tall dude. Eugene Sims and Will Hayes were our backup DNs. We could rotate through legit eight dudes. Like I remember like there was one game where Eugene had three sacks on Russ. Um, like we, we just had a, a D-line um, that that could just go. And when you do that, you it opens up everything in the back end. Um to where there'd be coverage busts that would happen, but it didn't matter because Aaron or, or Rob would get there or Chris. You know, like I think that's what you see. Like when you watch the Buccaneers against Pat Mahomes, like when the quarterback is running for their lives, it doesn't matter what the secondary is like. Would anyone look yeah. at the Buccaneers secondary and say, "Oh man, I got to have those corners. I got to overpay for it"? No, but they don't have. They're not asked to do a ton because of the way that that, that D line operated. So I'm always going D line first. But I'm also not going to overpay, and I think what you're seeing here is you're you're seeing real life NFL GM at work and in, in, in Barry, and I think you're seeing what has happened up in New England seems like James Laurinait is playing on franchise mode in Madden. Where I'm just trying to sign everybody, <laughs> you know. <laughs> just give me and everybody, you know. Just give me everybody. I'm just trying to get. Uh, there is a. I will say, and it's not saying like I, I'm saying all that, and I I. Don't dislike what the Browns did. I think the market did, the market made the decision for them. You know, like the market and what people were willing to pay those other pass rushers told them, you know what, we're not comfortable going there, mm-hmm. but we do have the safety here that we identified as well, and he is in, a, in an area that we're comfortable with. And that's what they chose. Um, oh gosh, our secondary then was, was solid too. I don't know how we didn't win more games. It was me and Ogletree at linebacker. Mark Barron came and played, but we had uh, TJ McDonald out of USC as our strong. Um, that guy was nuts. I mean, TJ McDonald, you could throw him in. He'd concuss a guard. Um, Rodney McLeod was our free, and then Janoris Jenkins and Tremaine Johnson. Um, Tremaine kind of tailed off when he went to the Jets and got paid big time. But anyway. Um, oh, and, no, it, and, and the Marcus Joyner was our nickel. Um, gosh, we... How did we ever be seven and nine all the time? Oh, we couldn't score. Um, couldn't score. <laughs> Let's but do that, I, I, so to answer yeah. the question, I'm always going D line. But having, I don't think it's an either or. You know, I don't want to paint in a bad picture as if like the Browns made the wrong choice because I don't think they did. No, and I, I think there's a couple of different ways. We'll have Zach Jackson on here at the bottom of the hour. There's different ways to attack this. You could have gone big in free agency. They still have an ability to do a trade if they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have David Njoku, who's a, a nice asset, and they do have. Picks. Like, how would so you feel can, about it if they, they get Daniel Hunter back and they got rid of Njoku and you're saying, oh, okay. Now, yeah. does that change your mind about what happened yesterday? I think we have to sometimes, the instant reaction. Just, it's crazy, but I just trust what Andrew Barry is doing. Yeah. I just think he has a plan. I think he's incredibly disciplined, and I think that it'll all work out. And I think there are numbers that he wouldn't want to reach with some of these DNs, and he didn't. So he moved on. 
and they can do it through trade. They can do it through, uh, you know, a veteran, Carlos Dunlop, somebody like that. And they could, they still have the 26th pick in the draft in a defensive end heavy draft where now there could be, you know, five or six quarterbacks going before, before you. All of that helps you. Defensive ends that maybe should be picked 15, 16 could fall all the way back. And mm-hmm. as for the linebacker situation, I think they really like Jacob Phillips and they need, they probably need to, to buoy that up a little bit, whether it's a veteran or whether it's in the draft. They probably like to add another guy there, but they still have a lot of options to do it just because they didn't overpay in their view. And I'm not saying it is an overpay. Maybe, maybe Carl Lawson is everything that you think he's going to be. And maybe he is that with the Jets. And maybe a year from now you go, boy, it would have been nice if we would have, you know, paid the $15 million a year to get him. Um, but they stick to their plan. They do not, it's not an emotional process with them. Um, as for the Bengals and their plan, we will get into that. I mentioned Lawson. He is gone. Hendrickson's in. No help on the offensive line yet for Joe Burrow. To me, that's a little bit concerning. We get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laura Knight is right here on the fan. The only radio station allowing one of their hosts to talk about human flesh consumption. Okay, probably not the best idea. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Meet or on the rocks. Just act accordingly. Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, first blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. And I've been listening to T-Bone tell me for a while how much he loves the water in his home after switching to Connecticut. Hell, I've listened to Bo tell me how much he loves his Connecticut water system. And so... That's right. You know, when you're big time like those two, he's thinking, oh, no, what am I missing out on? Maybe I should check this thing out. And I'll be honest, I was skeptical. It's just water. How much difference could there be? But if you've listened to the show, if you know me and Shelly, we love our health. We love trying to be intentional about it. So we thought, how much can we do better for the environment, for ourselves, for our health, if we had safer drinking water? So we called Kinetical Water Systems. And you can take advantage of an additional $200 off your new equipment purchased by mentioning the word James. Easy to spell. If you can't spell it, then you know what? You don't get the $200. I'm not going to help you. Go to visitconnecticalcolumbus.com for all the details. And join the Fan 10 TV and Ohio Education Associations. We honor classroom heroes in these weird times. Teachers and educators need your support and recognition more than ever. Nominate your classroom hero at 971thefan.com slash heroes. Uh, Mike Garofalo reporting the Bengals agree to terms on a three-year deal with former Cowboys corner Chidobi Awuzi. Cincinnati continuing to make moves on defense, he writes. They like the former second-rounders' athleticism and consistency. You add that with Trey Henderson, the deal that got done uh, yesterday, four years, 60 on that. They, By all reports, they were in on Carl Lawson and wanted to retain him and uh, turn to Hendrickson after on a longer deal. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy about it. I'm also not crazy that they haven't done anything in their offensive line uh, to protect Joe Burrow because right. that is, to me, would be my job. I would look at it. If I were the Bengals, I would view this the way that Andrew Barry viewed it last year with Baker. Yeah, we got to get better at tackle, and we, yeah. we our, our interior offensive line in Cleveland was good. We got to get better at tackle. We're going to sign the best right tackle they did in Jack mm-hmm. Conklin. He ends up being an All Pro, and you draft Jedrick Wills. Problem yeah. solved in one off season. If I were the Bengals, that's what I would have done. Yeah, absolutely. This this doesn't make any sense. Like your resources should not be going over there. Like your your main job is to protect Joe Burrow, and that that's that's showing up and we've heard over and over the interior of that offensive line has been weak spots um from guests that we've had on and a couple of them that we know really well that are head scratchers for us here in town right and why it hasn't worked out but Mm -hmm. whatever reason it hasn't worked out and so how do we get guys there bodies there to protect our most important player by far and for whatever reason 
they've gone a, a totally different route. I don't know if look. <laughs> you should have copy pasted the like you said the Brown strategy of get one in free agency and draft Sewell. Get both. Yeah, and you'd be sitting really pretty and be like, you know what? We have two guys that are going to be anchors for this thing, and then you have the rest of the guys kind of plug and interchangeable and all those things. But it just doesn't make sense right now. No, no, it doesn't. Today is uh, obviously March sixteenth, so that is uh, at three sixteen day. Of course, Steve Austin, the great Stone Cold. Where would you? Where do you put his entrance music on in the all time entrance music one. list? It's a good one. It's it's up instantly there. recognizable. Instantly recognizable. Um, gosh, we could do a whole. I think we have a show idea. I think we have a segment idea. I mean, for, for <laughs> it'll be a whole show future. right there. What am I wasting about five it? minutes like, for? Uh, if you yeah. did a whole bracket on, no, it's really good. Musics, like most recognizable. Like, he comes to mind, and like this is the area, the area, the era where people didn't change it. Um, you know, like now yeah, they all have st- stars. Stayed. Like you Randy Orton it. has changed it a couple times. Um, even Undertaker did, but I mean, you still he he he. For, okay, so here, what's more recognizable to you? The shattering of the glass of Stone Cold. Okay, here's a final four: the shattering of the of the glass, the if you smell what the rock. Okay, yeah. The 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 um, Undertaker's bell, and the lights go out. Yep. I mean, sure. I could keep I could keep going. You want me to keep going? I mean, we could do well, NWO. Oh, what a rush is going to be in there! I know. I, I was going there for. Oh, what a rush is there! Because Dad would haunt me tonight <laughs> if I didn't say it. Oh, what a rush is there! There's, I don't want well, Dad to haunt me from the grave. It's there. He sends it's, his best. It's immediately the- known. Like what that is. Like that's known. That's yes. done. But think yeah. about it, like how many others there, there like, are. The Wolf yeah. Pack for NWO. The Howling Wolf at the start of it. I mean, incredible. Bret Hart's like little guitar yeah. thing into it. Bret Hart was. Um, Shawn Michaels. D- I mean, there's so many that just instantly, like, you can think, not only do you just think of the person, you think of the whole entrance and how it happened. Like, you think about the, I mean, my goodness. Anyway, um, gosh, we could do a whole show on this. We could break down a whole bracket. What's more recognizable? Yeah, I, I think the cool thing about the, about the Stone Cold one is the, the shattering of the glass mm-hmm. fit his personality perfectly. Perfect, perfect. Yep. Perfectly. Yep. I mean, it was the perfect... Sound to fit and he never what changed. you were going to get. No, you know, he never changed. Um, the Rock never changed either. His music did a little bit, but he still had the if you smell. But the, the Stone Cold never changed. Mm-hmm. He was always the rattlesnake, right? He was always, you know, um, on the in, in today's mark. You know, when he says everyone knows the Psalms and John three sixteen, but Austin three sixteen is mean. I just you know the, all that whole persona lined up perfectly to where like taker went from you know dead man to then the motorcycle riding taker back to dead man um and you know sean michaels if sean would have just kept with the heartbreak kid all the way through and never had the attitude era of dx and then um kind of the the legend sean michaels kind of what he's been you know as he still kind of pops in here or there but like you know like the thing about stone cold is when you see him he's going to be in those jean shorts and his knee braces, yep, and like that leather vest. That's right. And that's it. In the ball, that's you, know, it. you know what it that's is. He's gonna have a couple beers, and that's it's consistent. He he's as res- and you would know this more than loves me. To talk about he, college football without too. him. No kidding, loves college football. Yeah. Loves it. Marcus and, and I loves went down to WrestleMania really? a couple times um, in college, and uh, we just sit there and chat, talk college football. Big Texas guy, right? Isn't mm-hmm. it UT that he likes? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, he, he, I don't know, like, what happens with WWE if he doesn't come when he comes. Like him and The oh, Rock. But no. we, The Rock is omnipresent in her life, and yep. Stone Cold, without him, I don't know what happens at WWE yeah. without yeah. Stone Cold. He so, is, yeah. yeah, my goodness. My, that, the whole, that whole talent, that whole talent kind of era, you'd have like Bret Hart versus Sean, and then Sean versus Stone Cold, and then The Rock, and just, then Taker, which is boom, undefeated, mania, Taker's going to headline, you know, it's just unreal. Kane, yeah. I remember Kane came around. Gosh, what? Taker has a brother? No way! You know, how they ruled all that. Came <laughs> right. in the mix. All right, we'll get some uh, perspective on what the Browns could do today in free agency from Zach Jackson of The Athletic. He joins us next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. When that alarm clock goes off, morning juice comes on. The perfect way to dominate your day or just lay around the house. Morning juice. Weekdays at 6. The Fan. Their favorite sport is berating their producer. You just sat there for 10 minutes. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Time now to head out on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our great friend Zach Jackson. Covers the Browns for the Athletic, and he joins us on the hotline now. Zach, thanks for the time, brother. Let's start with with this. Uh, we're a, d- a day into it, 24 hours nearly into it. Um, Andrew Barry always has a plan. We'll stick to that plan. We'll have discipline. What do you make of what they've done so far, and, and what do you make of the idea that it's a safety first and not a D-end opposite miles, as many thought? Yeah, but I think plan is the magic word. I mean, for the first time, or maybe the second time, considering it's Barry's second year and two decades, you can trust that there's a plan, right? That there's a a conversation going on as as plan A becomes plan B or other plans have to come in. So, um, you know, I'm mildly surprised safety first, but I would say this one safe way in free agency, which is inherently unsafe, is to take what was a big problem area and at least patch it. And it seems like Johnson should be more than a patch, and last year was bad. No lead was safe. You could make the argument that Andrew Sandejo was the worst player in the NFL, right? So there's a lot to fix on that defense. Um, It's maybe not going to get fixed in March. We're certainly not going to know how it all pans out. But, you know, I think it's a smart signing. He's young. He's athletic. He's played in the playoffs. And, again, like, if the Browns are going to be good, they're going to score a bunch of points. So you just want to feel a little better when they're up 17 that it's not going to get as hairy as it did in a couple big games last year. Zach, what position, if the Browns aren't done in free agency, if they're just waiting for the market to settle maybe on a couple of guys, maybe come back down uh, to to an area that they're comfortable in, what position would you expect, uh, based on what you know, the Browns to attack? Would it be that DM? Would it be Bo and I think that they need just a burner at wide receiver, a guy that will blow the top off um, instead of, you know, they have some guys who are possession guys, and who knows what Odell will be coming off the surgeries if he still will have um, that, that ability to really blow a top off. Is it a, a linebacker or another edge? Who, who, what position do you think they are waiting to kind of come down a little? Well, what's blinking at you, what's jumping out at you is edge. Right, there's yep. not much in the pipeline. Olivier Vernon was going to be a free agent and then tore his Achilles, so that's there. Um, I totally agree with you on the burner thing. I wouldn't be surprised at corner. I think we're seeing emphasis on safety over linebacker, but the glaring one, James, is you need a starting defensive end, and eventually you want a stable of pass rushers and of defensive backs. So I think they're a little closer with defensive backs than that, but the edge... Um, 
you know, they were in on some guys and they signed elsewhere or they like in Romeo Quarters case didn't hit the market at all. Um, you trust that there's a plan. They still have the draft. They have extra picks they can trade, but that is the glaring one as far as right now for sure need to use free agency or a trade to get better, solidify things there. And then on to the next things where, which I agree it will eventually include corner and receiver too. Yeah, Zach, I, I think the thing is that you have to remember from the if you're a Browns fan is there were probably, you know, a plan A and plan B. So plan A is, all right, we really like Carl Lawson. We'd love to have him, but we don't want to pay him that much guaranteed, and we're not going to get in a bidding war for him. All right, so plan B, in, in that young pass rusher route, maybe it's Hendrickson. Who knows where they were? The reports they were in on all those guys. But then the other kind of route for this is the route of let's go get Carlos Dunlop on a year draft some rest draft quitty pay at 26 and let's do it that way they have they have and it's not and andrew barry's been incredible and he has a plan but this is also done in, in part because of john dorsey drafted really well and and so they have a lot of young guys who are there and there are different roads for them to have success which and you've been around the franchise a long time the competence the patience the plan this what do you got to go back to belichick to find anything like this yeah, but there isn't much precedent because they've never had this many of their own players that they have to sign, right? right? And this is the first time in three years they've even kept the same coaches and same schemes. So where when you get into this part of free agency, you look and look and say, what do we really need? What can we patch or what needs a complete remake, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think you can say what's, what's new in a positive way. Well, we have to earmark some of this money to extend our own guys. And then later waves of free agency, we're going to be an actual desirable destination for guys. So, no, the next Carl Lawson or the next J.J. Watt is not going to come free in May or in August. But history says some guys are. So, you know, the only thing that surprises me about the safety first is that some teams don't view that as a premium position when compared to corner and to pass rusher specifically. But you got a 25-year-old really good player you made the commitment on him and and his cap number only being five mil for this year means the windows open to go get some other guys. The A-list pass rushers are all gone unless you go the trade route. But I think the trade route has always been open because they have the extra three and the extra four. And this is a team trying to win. Now this is not a team that has a spot for nine rookies on the opening day roster. Zach, I, I, it's hard doing this when it's 24 hours into technically the league, legal tampering period, all that you know jargon, whatever. But how do you compare what Cleveland with the one move they made and the rest of the North? I mean, you're, you're really erasing everybody else in the North. Bo and I have talked about it's confusing. Um, Cincinnati hasn't invested in yeah. protecting Joe Burrow. They're going defense and Really, they're going positions that they had guys in house they could have signed that or letting. But uh, Baltimore making moves, Pittsburgh losing, obviously with Dupree leaving, going to Tennessee. Just what, what do you make of the AFC North and where the Browns fit in that? Yeah, you know they're trying to get to the top, and I think Baltimore is going to be favored to win the division. But I think the Browns are right there, and Baltimore lost its two top pass rushers yesterday. So. Interesting way to look at it. I mean, Pittsburgh can't afford lunch right now. they got to do some more maneuvering. They have to pay T.J. Watt, which is a no-brainer. But, yeah, um, Cincinnati, you wonder. Um, you think the Browns are in position to be aggressive, but certainly not like uh, other years. And, and the Ravens have done this before, frankly. They have cer- cycled through pass rushers before, and they've found a way to keep on chugging. So they, they have the Orlando Brown thing kind of hanging out there. Um, I'm not sure they trade him because their offensive line is, is – needs to be better, not worse. But, 
you know, I, I do. I think the Browns are right there, um, both for cert- current and, and certainly for the future in terms of ready to make a run at the AFC North. And I think when you look at what they want to do, and you said it, James. I mean, we're 24 hours in, and it, it's March, right? And everybody's trying to look at what things will be in October or November. I mean, the Browns want to win the division and play at home in January because that's realistically how you win and how you get there. And so are they there yet? Are they one move away that's made today, tomorrow, Thursday from that? I don't know, but they're close. They have a plan. And so you feel good about all those things because all those things are completely different than at any time in recent memory. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Zach, absolutely. And and then there is the one other thing that's kind of out there, and I think it'll be something that is dealt with this summer, and I'm not sure how they'll deal with it, and that is the Baker extension. They obviously can give him one. We know that the TV money is going to be going up to an astronomical number next year. Uh, if I were Baker, I probably wouldn't want to do one right now. Um, I would probably bet on myself again and, and then try to get an even bigger deal. How do you anticipate Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, Paul D. Podesta will handle the Baker summer? Yeah, you know, but we're probably three or four or maybe even 13 or 14 months from that happening. However, like when the numbers came out last year and the fifth year option said 18 million, like that's favorable to the Browns. So they can be aggressive now and keep that. Yeah, Baker might want to bet on himself. Um, you know, I believe if you're going to extend Chubb and you're going to extend Denzel, and I believe they both, you do that now because those guys' clocks are ticking in a way, right? Whereas if you believe in Baker Mayfield and he's shown them, you know, the right things and you're going to make this commitment to your quarterback, that's for way, way down the road, right? Um, so, yeah, so I think those other guys come first, but it is interesting. And in all of these decisions, and maybe this is a reason you won't go over a certain number on a Trey Hendrickson, right, or a William Jackson or whomever it may be, because you need to make these real, real commitments. And any time in free agency – you go outside, you're marrying somebody that you just met online, right? So if it works <laughs> out, it's great. But if you spend on the ring and you spend on the wedding and you spend on the house and, and a year and a half it goes bad, then somebody's still got to pay the bills. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But it's it's good problems to have. And, oh, my gosh, how much do we give Nick Chubb or how much do we give Baker Mayfield um, compared yeah. to what some other teams are going through? I can't mean Zach. You just got, you threw me for a loop when you started saying free agency is marrying somebody you just met online. What what what, what do you think Bill Belichick's doing then? I mean, he's got speed dating online. I mean, he's not, is he on Tinder? Is he swiping? Just so hammered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, history says right, and and, and it's you know that this doesn't work, and it certainly goes against what Belichick has done. But I also think Belichick knows what he's doing, and he looked last year at his offense and said this just this just isn't good enough. Like I don't care who our quarterback is, we have to give him a chance. Um, so, you, you know, he's earned a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. There's certainly going to be an interesting matchup with Hunter Henry and with Johnny Smith. But, yeah, uh, I still don't think that the Patriots are in that top tier of the AFC. And when you look who is, you know, all those teams have 25-year-old quarterbacks. So, um, until they get that big piece, no, I can't buy what they're doing. Appreciate you as always, my friend. Great chatting with you. Thanks, guys. All right, that's our buddy Zach Jackson. You can follow him at Akron Jackson. Covers the Browns and the NFL for The Athletic. We hit three things on a Tuesday up next. Bishop and Lauren Itis right here on The Fan. We are everywhere. On your radio. Online. The Fan app. Alexa and behind you in your car. Right now. Too creepy? Sorry. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. First Fridays are a thing. Drinking bad bourbon is not a thing. This is Bishop and Lauren Itis. 
Here's some interesting news. Governor DeWine with this within the last hour. Uh, everybody under, over the age of 16 who wants to be vaccinated can be by March 29th. Mm. Yeah. March, uh, Ohioans 40 and plus on March 19th. Um, obviously with uh, pre-existing conditions before that. And then March uh, March 19th for 40 and over in Ohioans 16 plus on March 29th. So that's a good job on the rollout there on that. Mm. And, that's um, it. I was saying this with Shelly. No matter what your opinion is on it, yeah, it's pretty incredible. A year ago, yeah, this thing breaks out. Although I think it was here before that, but technically we, we shut down everything a year ago, right? Yeah. And then one year in the middle of it, like five six months into it, I thought there's no way in hell we're getting the vaccine in 21. No. You know, like you just thought on a normal timetable. Um. So it's incredible what modern medicine has been able to do, and obviously the push forward um, of basically these pharmaceutical companies to get it all done now makes some people extremely nervous. It makes some sure. people extremely proud. I'm not going to judge what you think of it, but I will say it's it's pretty crazy that here we are, and by March 29th in the great state of Ohio, you have an, a chance if you want to go get one. It's It's incredible where we've come in a year. And if anything, it just signals that hopefully we're getting back to um, normal and not having to sneak your mask down to get a breath, which I had to yeah. do at the zoo a couple times. You know, I'm just here. <laughs> I, I gagged on a sip of Starbucks at the zoo, which is not good to start coughing. Um, no, not in public ideal. and stuff. And then, you know, I'm like trying to pull down my mask and put it on my shirt like, <gasps> okay, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I'm good. I'm good, people. I'm Nothing fine. to see here. Nothing to see here. Nothing. Look at the wolves. They're out. They're running. They're great. They look great. All right, let's do uh, three things on a Tuesday. Hit it, Bodie. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me, are doctors the only profession that can run extraordinarily late Offer no apology and really... Yes. I mean, so yeah. the blonde today had an appointment at 9.30. Oh, that means the that doctor saw her. Yeah. The doctor saw her at 10.45. Oh, my gosh. Right? 10.45. Oh. So Bootsy's been here all morning by himself well, yeah. with me. Um, and like, I'm like, well, did, were they apologizing? She goes like, no. And I'm like, man, like that's an incredible mm. thing. I, I'm not, I understand the importance of... The, meet, the the profession, but the the complete lack of understanding of the yeah. schedule is wild to me. Yeah. It's incredible. It really is. And if I haven't experienced it with my own wife and myself personally, I would have said that the blonde was pulling one over on you and actually went no. to Target and spent a good amount of money. But <laughs> <Could> um, <laughs> that's always the case, too. Gosh, doctor took forever. Blood. Hold yeah. on. Why did the Amex alert just say Target purchase? No. Um, <laughs> my first thing, look. When it's been almost four years since you've had a baby, you forget how unpredictable they are at first. Just the whole demeanor, the whole mood. Yesterday, we had what seemed like an entire 24 hours of colic. Uh, She just wanted to be held. Even when you were holding her, it was crying, sleeping, to wake up screaming, to crying, to sleeping. It was nonstop. There was no... And this morning, happiest baby in the world. Happiest thing in the world. Smiling, giggling. You just forget. That's it. You just forget. 
My first thing. So we talked about this a little bit on the show yesterday. Drew Brees announced his retirement from the NFL and he's headed into broadcasting. This had kind of been hinted at a year ago when he signed that deal with NBC, but it's now official. I saw yesterday he'll be joining the booth for Notre Dame football games, their home games on NBC. I kind of have two complaints about this. First off, I like Drew Brees. I really like him. I think he'll do a good job. But they just brought in Tony Jun- Tony Dungy to work with Mike Tirico last year, and I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought they were the best that did the Notre Dame home games on NBC in, honestly, a handful of years. And second off, this is the third guy in the last four that have like filled that role that went to Purdue. Breeze obviously went to Purdue. They had Pat Hayden who went to USC, and then they had Doug Flutie for a while who went to Boston College. I, I don't, uh, I don't know if there's like a thing with I NBC told, trying to get like Brady Quinn, rivals. I told Brady Quinn oh, ten years ago, like, Brady, go be the voice of Notre yes, Dame football. Come on, I Brady. Don't know why, come I don't know on. why it hasn't happened. I don't know. <laughs> I completely uh, agree. Number two for me. Um, all right, if you sign up to be on The Bachelor, it should be in the contract that you have to propose and stay married to whoever you choose for a term of no less than two years. Mm, Yeah. You can't after you signed up to be on The Bachelor. It didn't sneak up on you, okay? Mm -hmm. It didn't sneak up on you. So at the end, you can't go, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Hey, dude, you're The Bachelor. That's the idea. Yeah. Like, you knew it it was in the brochure. (sighs) Yeah, they didn't didn't throw that out. It wasn't a curveball, right? I love all the Jeez. girls or guys, you know, depending on whether it's bachelor or bachelorette. I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Oh, come on. Really? You, you, you've all watched multiple seasons of this. You're stalkers of the show. Right. You didn't know it was going to be that That's hard. right. Anyway. That's right. Um, so I, I told you before how bad I am at keeping secrets. We have a horseback riding set up in Arizona for London. She's yes. going to lose your damn mind. But it's going to awesome. be harder for me to keep it secret till then than it you will. I mean, this is, this is terrible. This is torture for me. Torture. It's going to be awesome. Number two for me, over the weekend I was watching college basketball, but at one point, I was kind of watching it on my computer, and at one point we flipped on the TV in our family room, and that Oprah interview with Harry and Meghan Markle was on there. Not going to lie, I got pretty sucked into this thing for probably about an hour and a half out of the, I think it was three hours long in total. I got two things to say about it. One, Oprah is just absolutely elite. Like, as a TV, like, I don't know what you want to call her, I guess just a host, interviewer, among the absolute best, and I also have decided I am Team Harry and Meghan. I haven't even heard the other side from the uh, royal family, but I've just decided I'm Team Harry and Meghan and the whole like dispute between the two there. Watch well, the crown, Megan, and then right? you'll, I mean, you love you'll Megan. You'll be on. You'll be I on do. Harry that's and true. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean, she Megan, probably so could go. Of course, out, you are. You know, and commit a crime and be like, hey, you know, she probably had good number, reason for it. Number three for me, I'm done watching The Bachelor. I've done it twice in 20 years. It's the, it was the biggest waste of time in my life. I did the Jesse Palmer season because I knew him from Florida. I did this season because they were filming it at Nemecolon. We've been over there a lot. It's the most absurd thing, and I will never watch it again. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. My third thing, um, when you go on vacation out of Ohio in, in March, um, or really any time in the winter, all you want is warm weather and sunshine. So the amount of times that I check the Weather Channel app <laughs> for Scottsdale, Arizona, sure. and right now we're looking 86, 84, 83. So, so far, so good. Let's go. Let's keep it that way. Last one for me, Bo, you touched on this as we opened this segment. I saw this in the last hour. Uh, Like you said, the vaccine is going to be available for everyone 16 and older beginning March 29th. Good news for me. I am older than 16, so I fit right into that category. So looking forward to getting that and hopefully kind of getting life back to normal just a little bit. Yep, certainly is. Uh, All right, Rothman and Ice coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. 
Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.